Information Centre indicate that poorly trained staff are unable to cope with some, pa- some patients' behaviour and are calling for police help as a result. Bedfordshire Police Chief Constable Colette Paul has been quoted as saying the force had to recruit volunteer special constables. Labour has promised MPs a chance to debate and vote upon the European arrest warrant next time it has control of parliamentary business after the controversial measure was excluded from a batch of EU justice, justice measures voted on last night. The Speaker of the House of Commons and Buckingham MP John Burko criticised the government. It may be the sort of thing that some people think is very clever, but people outside of the House expect straightforward dealing. South Korean judges have ruled that the captain of a ferry that capsized, killing more than 300 people, is guilty of negligence but not of culpable homicide. He's been sentenced to 36 years in prison. There was public outrage when it emerged that he and his crew abandoned the sinking vessel, leaving many young passengers to their fate. Stevenage Borough Council has been accused of ripping off motorists with steep parking charges. The claim was made in Parliament by the town's Conservative MP, Stephen McPartland. Stevenage Borough Council's taken over £3.5 million in car parking charges, which is preventing the regeneration of Stevenage Town Centre. Thousands of local people have joined my campaign for three hours free parking. Will the Minister agree to support my campaign and send a strong message to Stevenage Borough Council to stop ripping local people off? In sport, in last night's FA Cup draw, Milton Keynes-Dons were drawn at home to Chesterfield. Luton will be away to Bury. Wickham host Wimbledon or York. And if Stevenage win their first round replay, they will be away to Wrexham. The weather, some patchy rain and strong, rain, strong winds combined with some dry spells. A maximum temperature 13 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. From nine. The JVS Show. With the big phone in, the hottest topic of the day, and your consumer problems. From 12. Nick Coffer. With star of the West End, Louise Dearman from Hitchin, talking about her production, Bond and Beyond. From 3. Roberto Peroni. I'm here with a roundup of the day's news, the latest travel, and your stories. From 7. Mark Forrest. I'll bring you the best bits from everything that's been happening on BBC Local Radio. You reckon? On BBC Three Counties Radio. What, 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 what? what? Excellent dancing, Kelly. Catherine's got spuds in her tights. At least I hope they're spuds. Could be plums. I've got a new record. Morning, guys. Welcome to another Fun Packs episode of the Ian Lee Breakfast Show. Was that the menu? No, I wrote a better one. Go on, then. Let's hear your menu. Let's Um, hear what you think the listener wants to uh, know. Well, let's hear it from you. Award-winning, award-winning presenter. I am an award-winning presenter of a breakfast show. Well, I mean, we won an award, but we don't even get a certificate. And to be honest, I'm not accepting it. Anyway. I, I can read the menu. No. Yeah, go, yeah, go on, Kels, you do it. Go on. Three questions. What's going on in Wickham? Why are the police being called into care homes? And why are you, yes, you, so very, very lazy? That second very was in capital letters. Very, very, very well read. Excellent job. Thanks. 
Uh, but, but, uh, but it's not all we do, though, in the menu, guys. It's a little bit more complicated than that. If you want to get in touch, please call 08459 455 555. You don't have they to won't, speak to Ian. They won't, because they're so very lazy. You don't... Oh, come call on and prove that you're not lazy. You can speak to me or Kath if you don't want to speak Rambling to on like plums. <laughs> Across beds, <laughs> hearts and bucks. This is BBC <clears throat> Three Counties Radio. Yeah. I got sent some new records. Well, I mean, you didn't get sent them. Well, I, well they sent them. They came it's in the part post. Of the contract. They came in the post. Go I on bought then. them. Go on. I got sent... Ow! Oh, dear. I got sent them, so we're going to play them in their entirety. What you got? Monkeys, isn't it? Oh, no, come on. In what language? Well, it's in, in English, of course. Oh, right? sometimes you, you have them in different languages. Do you have a little bit of country rock? Yeah. Oh. Problem with records. Just play it, mate. Mate? Oh, I think it's a broken one. Uh, uh, there we go. Huh. There we go. Under Sleepy Jean. Thank you. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the monkeys and country rock. There we go. There's a smile on the wind as it touches my face and starts to erase all the bloom. And the sun with a kiss begins to dismiss the memory of my life without you Well it seems like yesterday that my path took me away Although I know it's been at least a year But now my path heads home and your patient time alone Has brought me even closer to you dear And this plane gets closer every Says to me, be patient, son. You've waited this long, but how can I be strong?
out. Muslim leaders in High Wycombe are calling on the town's young men to stay away from radical groups. It comes as police continue to question a 19-year-old from the town about an alleged terror plot against the UK. And it's not the first time that Wycombe's been linked with Islamist activity. It was the home of one of the men involved in 2009's liquid bomb plot. And according to the Daily Telegraph, eight young men have disappeared recently, apparently to fight in Syria. Well, those suspected jihadis attended the Wycombe Islamic Society, according to the Telegraph. Uh, Zahid Javid is uh, from Wise and joins me now on the line. Morning, Zahid. Good morning. So, first of all, this this uh, Wise Wycombe Isla- Islamic Society. What is it? Is it a school? Is it a mosque? Is it a society? It's basically a mosque, but it's, we, it's, uh, the activities are wider than a mosque because it acts as a community centre as well uh, for the Muslim community. So it's called the Wycombe Islamic Centre. So what's your reaction to the suggestions that some of these young men have been meeting at your centre? Well, first of, first of all, can I just say quickly that we, at Wiccan Islamic Society, we are totally opposed to this extremist ideology and the theology behind it, and we, we've said that on many, many occasions, and we teach that as well. Now, the story of, of the uh, five... Uh, uh, no, sorry, the nine people that have gone missing. We know nothing about this. The police know nothing about this. So, so I don't know where the signal is coming Zay, from. Sorry to interrupt. Is, is your, are you on speakerphone or something? It's not the best line. Sorry, it's, uh, no, I'm on mobile phone. Ah, uh, OK, well, that, that, that would explain it. But do you want, um, sorry, do you want to change line? It's going to change it. <laughs> no, that's OK. You, you, you yeah. stay where you are. That's fine. That's, yeah. that, that's yeah. fine. Uh, because it has been reported, hasn't it, that, that yeah. um, eight of the young men did go to your centre? No, this is totally untrue because I don't know where they've, they've got this information from the person called, I think, uh, uh, Zaf Hussein. This is, I've got the Telegraph agree. article in front of me. Yes, Zaf Hussein, a neighbour and local council worker, said there are eight no. former wise mosque students who've all gone missing believed to be in Syria. No, I've spoken to the local police about this and the anti-terror police. They know nothing about this. I don't know where this number's been plucked from. OK, so how, how many have, is. How many have, have uh, been to your centre? Uh, after the last three, uh, well, when you say been to our centre, some uh, people attend our centre all the time. It's an open door okay. policy. How, how many people who've gone off to be jihadis have attended your centre? Uh, Omar Hussain prayed there on occasion, and this chap, uh, I've, I've seen him uh, on a certain time praying, that's all. The other person who went missing, he never came to our centre. And none of the 2006, the... Uh, Plain uh, plot. No one from that group came to ever came to our centre. Okay, so you're saying so that I only the eight, eight, so I don't know where the two eight come from, but we're investigating this. Okay, so you're saying that only two, only two of uh, the, the uh, alleged eight that have been uh, the, uh, alleged yes. to have been to your centre. Only two of those actually went to your centre. When, when you say went to our centre, hundreds of people pass through our centre each week. I mean, with five daily prayers, people are passing through. So. They, they they never went to our sort of education system or came to our circles or classes. They're just people who use our centre for for prayer. Still, and, well, uh, well, yeah, we're not I mean, you, we're not sorry, saying that you're necessarily responsible, but it's still there is a connection, isn't there? Yeah, but pe- people such as these, they are Muslim, and they will look to go to uh, a mosque. You know, these are the nearest mosques, so they will attend these mosques. But ideologically, they're not linked. They're not in agreement with us. What about Yusuf Said, who's the 19-year-old student who was arrested yeah. on Thursday, uh, who um, th- th- apparently was, has been distributing leaflets outside your centre? I still I know nothing about this distributing leaflets. 
he if he was distributing leaflets, uh, anybody distributing leaflets at the centre has to go through the committee, and if they're allowed to do it, then they can do it inside the centre. There wouldn't be any reason to uh, distribute leaflets outside. So, so you must get permission. So there's no, there's no. Everything is checked. Okay. So uh, are you saying? So just to, just to, just to be clear, because it's it's not the greatest line. Are you saying that the Telegraph yeah, sorry, has got no. it? No, that's right. Don't worry. Are you saying the Telegraph article is wrong? That Mr. Said, um, it says here. Let me quote: uh, Thwarted in his attempt to travel, he had his passport taken. Mr. Said yeah. appears to have become increasingly active as a propagandist for radical Islam, distributing leaflets outside Wise in Totteridge yeah, Road. Yeah. No, no. If he distributed leaflets outside, it wasn't without. I know nothing of it, but it wasn't without permission. Okay. I mean, we're, we're a local community group. We wouldn't allow anybody to do that. All the leaflets that are distributed in our centre are checked first. So no, no, he he was never a part of our centre. He's not a part of our organisation. And I know he was ideologically opposed to us anyway, because he uh, travelled to other areas for his uh, his. Uh, you know his goods. What his Besides, just to just to clarify, you you want to uh, uh, state that the the Wise Centre is totally against these activities and these people. Absolutely, we've just run a three-week course in the last in the last month or so, speaking against ISIS and the ideology, and we're trying to explain to the youngsters the, the theological reasons why we, they shouldn't follow these groups. Okay, so I'd listen, uh, I'm going to let you go because the, the line isn't great. I think you've, you've managed to get your uh, your point across. Oh uh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. Zaid Javed from the Wise uh, Islamic Centre in um, Wickham. <sighs> All the faders are now closed. That was a terrible line, wasn't it? This it's is the problem. One day, mobile phones can um, they can uh, 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 look at stars. They can send emails. They can. One day, they'll be even able to make phone calls. That's that's what I'm looking forward to when we get that advance uh, in technology. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Having a look at the cameras and things are moving very well so far across the county. No major problems on the M40 or on the M25. So just looking at some roadworks in Hazelmere, the A404 Amersham Road has some temporary lights in place at Park Lane. In Milton Keynes, the A421 Standing Way has some roadworks going on around the Kingston Roundabout. So we're being warned to expect delays there later on as we get into the morning rush. And in Hatfield, Great North Road has roadworks in place at St Albans Road East. That's not causing any delays at the moment, but could cause some problems later on. Reports of any problems at the moment on the train, Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks very much. 6.15, it's Tuesday the 11th of the 11th. I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Wickham Islamic Centre is distancing itself from the teenager arrested in the town last week on suspicion of being involved in terrorist activity. The Financial Conduct Authority is unveiling proposals to cap the cost of payday loans from January. And police are increasingly being called out to help care home staff restrain dementia patients. BBC Three Counties Radio. There is not a hope in hell that we are playing Candy by Robbie Williams. So, Kelly, you've got 41 seconds to find us a decent song. Blackpool is that bit of magic. It is beautiful. It's a very scary space to walk into because it's the mecca or ballroom. 
you feel twice as nervous. Great energy. It does send a buzz around everybody. Blackpool puts an enormous amount of pressure on the celebrities. It gives the performance and the dancer an extra level of excitement. Oh, it's great. Strictly, I love you. Is he kissing his hand? Weekends are made for dancing. Strictly Come Dancing, live from Blackpool. Saturday sick. night at 7 on BBC One and BBC One HD. Hey, I'm a celebrity starts this week, I think. Yes. Guess With who was offered... Vicky Michelle. OK. Oh, really? Yes. Oh. Oh, René. Guess oh. who was offered I'm a celebrity last week? Uh, Brian Connolly. <clears throat> no. Um, Freddie Stars. No. Um, Bruce Forsyth. No. Uh, they asked me to do it last week. They, they asked me to do it last week. Sue Barker. No. What? Hang, they asked you to do... I'm a celebrity last but week. you're not. What? Sorry? Hmm? I'm not doing it, yeah. Yeah, I thought you had... I thought people... Where's this sentence going? It's finished. Good.
you wash a pair? Why? In the mouth, crunch, chew, beautiful, bit of dirt, lovely. Although I had a dream last night, I ate a very dirty fruit. It was all muddy. And I had mud taste in my mouth. Why don't you stop after the first bite of mud? Well, it was a dream. Oh. I did, I had a muddy mouth. But normally, I I will pull a carrot out of the ground, I'll give it a a bash on the leg, (laughs) wallop, and I will stick that bad boy in my mouth and I will chomp on it. So be warned. Yeah, anyone who was thinking of inviting Mm. into their allotment... You know people that say um, that tomatoes are fruits? Yeah. They're idiots. They're not really. They're a vegetable. I mean, I know that, you know, legally they're a fruit, but they're a vegetable. Yeah, because they've got the seed inside. Yeah, but you'd have them in a salad. Mm -hmm. You'd never have a fruit in a salad unless you had an orange in a salad. In that case, you're a loser. you're wrong. Yeah, I did have the orange when I went to the Lake District, but they are apparently posh there. What's an avocado? Delicious, that's what it is. It's an avocado pear. And is that a fruit? Fruit. So you would have that in a salad. I mean, I mean, the avocado is one of God's mysteries, isn't it? Really, no one knows exactly what it is. Like the Abbott's Langley Fire Brigade. Exactly. It's uh, it's soft. It's great with mayonnaise. Creamy. Creamy. But no one knows exactly what it is. There are some. There is one school of thought that it, it could be a meat. It could be a long extinct <laughs> meat. <laughs> Seriously, I don't know why. He is a plum. Sorry. Hmm? Never did too well at school, but I learned all I need to know. Now, 
Now, it's being claimed that a lack of trained carers means police officers are increasingly being called out to help restrain patients. The Health and Social Care Information Centre suggests that a significant proportion of staff are unable to cope with some patients' behaviour. Well, Bedfordshire's police... Hang on, let me say that again. There's, there's lots of S's in there. Bedfordshire Police's Chief Constable, Colette Paul, has been quoted as saying she's had to recruit special constables to cover a 14% cut in officer numbers at a time when half of the police time was being spent on safeguarding issues such as dealing with people who are mentally ill or vulnerable children in care. Well, Beds Police have refused to confirm she ever said this. Neil Alston chairs the Hertfordshire Police Federation. Neil, have you heard about this being a problem? Patients having to be restrained? Uh, not specifically in Hertfordshire, but certainly I'm aware of uh, the, the wider fact that any shortfall in other public services, and uh, we get the job. Have you? Uh, are you having to respond to, to more calls that are traditionally thought to be out of a police officer's area? Well, I, I think it's uh, it's it's the wider issue of. Uh, uh, the fact that, yes, we respond to everything anyway. It's, they've always been in our area, but where the shortfalls happen in, in other services, um, we're having to respond to more and more stuff that normally other services would be able to cope with. There was a, uh, there was, uh, yesterday I heard a report that uh, police are being called in to restrain um, Alzheimer's patients, people with dementia, because they are um, attacking their, their spouses and their family. That, are police trained to deal with that? Not specifically trained to deal with, uh, with mental health issues. Uh, that's part of the wider issue, of course. But, uh, but we're there for public safety. Uh, unfortunately, Theresa May just talks about the police being there for crime. That she, she, has, she says that's our only measure. But, of course, uh, you recognise, I recognise, that actually we're there for public safety. Um, and if someone is assaulting someone for whatever reason, then the police are going to be called and, uh, are, gonna, and are going to deal with it. It's a tough one, isn't it? Because, obviously, they don't know what they're doing. Or it's... it's you you know, it's coming out of an intense frustration and confusion. Absolutely, and very often we deal with uh, we deal with. Uh, I mean, it's uh, a wider mental health wider mental health issue. Um, but police officers are used to dealing uh, as best they can sensitively with people those issues. But but of course the uh, the proper services and and that's what this report says that the uh, in in terms of care homes that staff need to be properly trained. And if staff aren't properly trained, if there are shortfalls in any other service, uh, then it's the police that get. Uh, the responsibility in the end. You get frustrated, Neil, having to kind of mop up uh, uh, other people's situations because of cuts? I, I think, yeah, absolutely, because of cuts, yes. It, it is frustrating because uh, you, you, we hear that the... Um, um, Health service is protected. Uh, we've had 25% cuts over uh, over recent years. There's more to come, and yet uh, we're there uh, to fill in the gaps for every other public service. As Colette Paul said, come Friday afternoon or Friday evening, when the other services, by and large, go home, uh, it's left to the police to deal with, and this is just one aspect of it. Neil, I appreciate your time at this r- ridiculous hour of the morning. Thank you very much, Neil Alston, chairs the Hertfordshire Police Federation. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's a tough one, isn't it? Because, you know, well, my, my granddad got a little bit uh, uh, aggressive towards, uh, towards the end. He, I remember he famously, not famously, famously within our family, um, um, punched a blind woman. Why? I think she was annoying him. 
And that just goes to show, you know, the effect that this, this horrible disease can have, have on people. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting to build up on the M25 anti-clockwise between Junction 21 for the M1 and Junction 20 for Kings Langley on the speed sensors. In Bricketwood on the A405 North Orbiter Road, it's heavy at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout as well. In Buckingham, looking at the A421 eastbound, things are moving well at the moment around the total roundabout on the speed sensors and things moving well in Clapham through the roadworks on the A6 Paula Radcliffe Way. There's a road lane, a lane close there in both directions at Cutthroat Lane. Looking at the trains, there's no reports of any problems at the moment. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. The Wickham Islamic Society is distancing itself from the teenager arrested in the town last week on suspicion of being involved in terrorist activity. Zahed Javed from the Society told this programme reports the teenager had handed out leaflets there were not true. The banking watchdog is about to detail the new tougher terms under which payday lenders will operate and police are increasingly being called out to help care home staff restrain dementia patients, according to figures obtained by the Health and Social. Social Care Information Centre. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Last night's FA Cup second round draw produced home ties for MK Dons and Wickham and an away tie for Luton and possibly for Stevenage. The ties will be played over the weekend of December the 6th and 7th. More from Jeff Doyle. MK Dons are at home to fellow League One side Chesterfield. The Spireites knock six past Braintree at the weekend. Luton Town have a difficult tie away to fellow League Two promotion contenders Berry. The Shakers beat Hemel Hempstead in the first round. Wickham will also play a fellow League Two side, the winners of York versus AFC Wimbledon. And if Stevenage beat Maidstone in their replay next week, they'll play away to conference team Wrexham. And Stevenage's replay at Maidstone will be played next Thursday, November the 20th, and will be shown live on BT Sport, earning the Borough an extra £34,000. Their league game at Northampton will still go ahead on Saturday the 22nd. Seven months after being sacked as manager of Manchester United, David Moyes has been named as the new boss of the Spanish side Real Sociedad. The 51-year-old has signed an 18-month deal at the club, who are 15th in La Liga. Spanish football journalist Sid Lowe says Moyes will be confident he can turn the club around. David Moyes is extremely meticulous, so he would have looked at Real Sociedad very closely, and he would have drawn the conclusion that they are far too low considering the kind of players they've got. I mean, to put it into context, Real Sociedad have only won twice all season, but those two victories are against Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid. So this is a side that has the potential to be much higher than it currently is. And in tennis, Novak Djokovic claimed a straight sets victory over the US Open champion Marin Cilic in his opening round robin match at the World Tour Finals at the O2 Arena. Roger Federer plays again this afternoon with Andy Murray in action against Milos Raonic this evening. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at seven. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Strip clubs. Yes. Strip clubs. I've been to one once, twice. I went to one in Hong Kong, Japan. Japan. Don't know, I was very, very drunk. And I was terrified I'd get recognised in there. This was years ago. I was terrified I'd get recognised in there. Um, Is that before everyone started going to strip clubs? 
Yeah, sure, why not? You know, like and Simon I went Cowell. In, I went in and some woman Simon came up to me. She went, you're off, you're off the telly, aren't you? I was like, oh, Flipberg. She went, you're the bloke from the far show. I said, yes, I am. Which one? Don't, don't matter. Don't matter. Um, but uh, what... Did you behave terribly as a result of having that? Well, I mean, I, I gave employment to some young women. Okay. I don't. I don't. Uh, this was years ago. This was. This would have been. Um, was it Hong Kong or Japan? Either way, it was about thirteen years ago. I. I. I, I enjoyed it on the physical level, spiritually and mentally. Though it left me a wreck. It did. I found it. I found it. it sorry. I don't know why you're laughing at that. It left me. It left me a wreck. It. it sorry. I was wrecked. Yeah. Why is she laughing? I can imagine girls? that would be quite hollow. I don't know. Shallow. Uh, it was shallow. Shallow is exactly the word. I've, yeah. I've been. I've been twice. I think. Let's go and watch someone's daughters take their clothes yeah, off. Yeah. 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 It, well, it wasn't. It Rhythmically. was. It was pleasant, as I say, on the physical. It's a realm. weird thing to do, isn't it? It's a weird thing to do. Who decided that was a thing? What's weird as well is when they're doing it. They're dancing. And they're just having a chat. <laughs> it wasn't quite this. I, I went to one in Brighton, I think, again, years ago. This, this would be about 15 years ago. And it wasn't quite this, but it was like... You've been to the pavilion? <laughs> Did you see Senders yesterday? <laughs> it's that, you know. And um, it really... It, and I, and I, do, I, I, I don't know if I disapprove of them, but I certainly wouldn't... I wouldn't go to one again. I couldn't go to one again. No. I got thrown out of one. Well, you weren't an official dancer that you jumped up on stage. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why did you get thrown out of one? I'm still not sure. I think I know. Uh, <laughs> no touching allowed. Yeah. Is it because they thought you were a nine-year-old girl? Probably. I can see you in the reflection. I know. I see what you're doing. <laughs> uh, we could talk about strip clubs. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. I've been twi- I've been twice. twice. And uh, I, I, it really, I, at the time I thought I enjoyed it. Looking back, I didn't. So it left me a wreck. I was finished. I've seen a stripper once. It looked like Lovejoy. <laughs> he so did the one I saw. <laughs> he jumped on the table. And we were all saying, no, no. And we weren't being girly and squeamish. We were actually saying, no. We're, did he? And he, um, he sort of... Bearing in mind, you know, breakfast. He, well, he... You've done the parting motion there. I don't know. Parting <laughs> of the did. ocean. He kept his thong on due to, po- due to popular demand. Good. But he might as well not have, if you know what I mean. Well, anyway, the reason we're talking about this is Very not... Very messy. Oh, God. Hope you're enjoying the podcast, guys. Strip club exploited me, says man who blew £7,500. Stag party reveller accuses Spearmint Rhino... It's true. After he spends a third of his salary in one night. Wow. What? A stag party member has accused a lap dancing cl- club of grossly exploiting him. Mm, of on. grossly exploiting him. Who, who was the one with the top off? After he's probably him as well. After he spent a third of his annual salary in one night. The unnamed man from uh, Northern Ireland spent £7,500. He claims staff took advantage of his intoxicated state and helped him empty three credit cards. Yeah. Well, that's, that's their job. That's of course they did. That's what they do. He said he was already inebriated when he visited the club as part of a stag do. He said to have ended up alone in a booth, he wasn't alone, and been plied with alcohol until he was so... Right. What happened was, his wife found out. Yeah, exactly. His wife 
for, oh, Terry, what the hell are you doing with all the money? Eiffel Tower, I don't know. I don't know what I've done. I didn't mean to go and it got me drunk. Ah, Terry, what you gonna do about it? I didn't know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna take Spearmint Rhino to court and we will have our day in court. Oh, blame me, pals. My, wa- my wife has found our receipts and I got to take the Spearmint Rhino to court. I don't stand a chance of winning this one, do I, boys? Gosh, it's like you were there. He writes, I fully acknowledge. He didn't write that. <laughs> I can Eiffel Tower. I fully acknowledge I was foolish to enter the club drunk and in possession of several credit cards. But I'd never been in sim I've been in similar situations before. Oh right, there we go. And never experienced anything remotely approaching this or involving such a life changing sum of money. Yeah. He's done it before. Yeah, he's done it before. His wife found out. That's what happened. They got yeah. busted. Busted. Well, hopefully he kept the receipts. Well, he did. That's the part of the story, mate. Yeah. You can't get a, you can't get a refund on that. No. You, once you, listen, once you've made a deposit, you can't get it back. Play a song, for heaven's sake.
We, we, we get the idea. They, they want you to jump. It goes on and on a little bit, doesn't it? If you are going to jump, make sure you take the appropriate <coughs> precautions. Warm up beforehand and make sure you have something soft to land on. That's the BBC line. Um, cracking pictures here of... Oh. Van's Madness on the M5. Oh, is this the one where they were passing a cup between them or something? Why don't you just do my story? Tell me it. Tell well, me you've it. You've just done it. Tell me what happened. Why did they do that? Tell me it. Tell me the story. Go. But you've just done the story. So what happened? Were they you... had a crash, didn't they? No, they didn't have a crash. Okay, so I didn't know the story. Tell me the story. Come on. Two vans narrowly avoid a pile-up as a drink is passed between them at 60 miles an hour. Wally's. You, Wally, you ruined my story. Oh, this is right. This is this is beef we have. We should lay, lay this bare. Get your, lay your beef bare. This is the beef he has, right? That I look online at the newspapers before I go to bed and he doesn't do any work. So when he says, oh, have you seen this? I'll say, oh, yeah, and uh, I know this as well. And it annoys him that he doesn't get to surprise me. The fact that it's not his story, he didn't do the research on it in the first place. Tell you what, let's go to an an adjudicator, an independent adjudicator, (laughs) Kelly Betts. Good morning. Uh, Who stole whose story just then and ruined their thunder? Um, I wasn't listening. Oh. But I'm sure... Yes. Ian. Yes. You win. Thank you very much indeed. No, I was helping you with Independent it. Independent adjudicator. I was helping you with it. Hey, do you remember that? Um, have you finished with that now? Paramedics, it's a wind-up. This doesn't make sense. The headline doesn't make sense of the story. Well, it, sh- it should be, it's a wind-up, but you'd pronounce it, it's a wind-up. Paramedics dashed to a 999 alert, only to find the caller had trapped wind. Sorry? Where had you trapped it? It was um, in Stratford, East London. Now, I'm a celeb starts this week. Yes. Seriously, this is genuine, Okay, I got the call last week asking if I wanted to go on I'm a Celeb. Mm. As an insect? No, mate, as a celeb. They've already done Marlon, haven't they? He has been on it. I think Ralph Little has been on it. No, he's not been on it. He's too expensive. They asked me to go on it and I said no. I turned down I'm a Celeb. Dear listener, 08459 four double five five double five. what have you turned down? Nice. That's how you make great radio. Why did you turn it down? Um, for several reasons. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you want to know them? The yes. first being? First being it was this week and I, I, I'd have had to have taken the time off. But yeah. don't you get paid a lot? You do get paid a lot of money. I mean, yes, you okay. do get paid a lot of money. Um, I, I didn't fancy it. I've got a job. If I didn't have a job, I'd do it. Yeah. If I didn't have a job and hadn't had a job for a long time and I was struggling to feed both children, I'd do it. But I can feed both children at the moment, so... Packham's in the papers banging on about the celeb, isn't Packham's he? in the papers saying that because... Packham in. Packham's in. Might they say that when he comes into the pub. Packham's in. <laughs> what do you mean? It's like Packham in. Yeah, but not close enough for it to make any sense. So could you stop saying it, please? Sorry, Chris. I don't even know who you are. Yes, they do. Everyone watches it. No, he said, Chris Packham is saying that to the fellow oh, that's right, originally okay. said Packham's in. Right, yeah. Do you want to know the Packham story? I've just told you it. Packham, Packham goes to the pub. A random bloke that he doesn't know says, hey, Packham's in. What? Packham's in? What are you saying that for? You're Chris Packham, yeah? Packham's in is not an accepted saying. It's like Packham in. Even that's a bit... Sorry. And the pub's called Packham's in. No, it's not. Oh. No, but it could be. This, this... They could be sitting in the Packham's in... Packham comes in, they say, Packham's in. No, mate, it's, it's the and dog say, and hounds. Why, why are you naming the pub? 
Chris, Chris Packham does not own a pub. He's a panda killer. Um, that's not what I've got on my piece of paper here. Anyway. Kath. Um, interesting. Kathy. Mama Betts. Mama Boyle. Mm-hmm. That's a different lady. Mama Boyle. Kathy. What's your story, Kathy? No. What have you got for us? No. Mama Boyle? No. Boyle Z? K Dog? Oh. KKK? No. They're in the papers. The KKK, the Ku Klux Klan are in the papers. They've invited black people to join. Oh, that's all right then. Mama Boyle, what you got? No? Is it? Is it? No. Is it? No. What you got? Is this a story about Packham walking into the pub? So Chris Packham goes into his pub, which we think is called the... Uh, the, the Packham's Inn. The Dog no, and Hounds. it's not that one at all. It's this one. OK. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, it's looking very slow between Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road and 9 for Redbourne. On the M25 anticlockwise, it's very slow as well between Junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. And nearby on the A405 North Orbiter Road, it's looking very slow on the speed sensors around the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. In a further afield in Birch Hanger, the A120 westbound has a there's a coach fire at the M11 Junction 8 for Bishop Stortford that's on the hard shoulder, so cars are able to pass. And looking at the trains that reports any problems at the moment Samantha Breath BBC Three Counties Radio Thank you Samantha It's uh, Tuesday the 11th of November. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Wickham Islamic Society is distancing itself from the teenager arrested in the town last week on suspicion of being involved in terrorist activity. The Financial Conduct Authority is unveiling proposals to cap the cost of payday loans from January. And police are increasingly being called out to help care home staff restrain dementia patients. That's according to figures released today. Let's get the weather. Here's Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. We've got a a fairly cloudy start for most of us today. The further east you are, the brighter it's going to be first thing. Um, But cloud builds anyway. And then later on, we should have some rain coming through. It's going to be fairly light and patchy for the most part. There may be a couple of heavier bursts. Um, And we've got southeasterly winds too, with highs of 13 degrees Celsius. Tonight, fairly cloudy. The rain continues. It's still going to be quite breezy with lows of 10 degrees, so very mild. And a cloudy start too tomorrow. Still some showery rain around, but that lessens through the day. By the afternoon, we're seeing that cloud break up into sunny spells. Still fairly breezy, but with lighter winds and highs of 13 degrees Celsius. Thursday, we've got a, a drier day with varying amounts of cloud. Friday, though, we've got rain and Saturday showers. That's your latest forecast. Every weekday from three. Good afternoon, welcome to the show. Local people. What's your story? Seems there's a law for them and then there's one for the press. And I disagree with what they're saying. Local views. In some cases, sort of 40% loss in value on their properties. Has Kelly Luton got it right? There is a responsibility when you're paid from the public purse. Local life. Do you want to know how much my carer's allowance goes up by every April when the tax year changes? Two quid. Roberto Peroni. And is it fair to target people on benefits. Weekdays from three. BBC Three Counties Radio. Packham's in. So Chris, um, Chris, Chris Packham. I don't even know who you are. Sorry, mate, I just thought, I feel like I know you because I've seen you on, the, on well, the telly. Yeah, OK, so Chris Packham. 
often. So I turned down. Yeah. I'm a celebrity. celebrity. I just want you to know how cool I am, Which guys. Which made me think of Chris Packham and this story in the paper. Okay. About Chris Packham. Yeah. Packham's and I'm in. a celebrity. Isn't, he should get a t- oh. He should get a TV series. Oh no. What's, what's he going to call it? The Packham's in. No. Just Packham's in. I've it's not one. set in a pub. Packham and Stackham. He needs a partner called Stackham. That's when he um, starts making adult movies. <laughs> when things go a little... When things fall Stop. on their backside. Right. That's, that's the title that's of his first movie. Anyway, that's not the story in my paper. Welcome, welcome to Packham's Inn. Tonight, I've got in my luxury flat, I have got a panda. I'm going to be wrestling a panda. And uh, also, we'll be talking to uh, Brian Conley about uh, life after Al Jolson. All of that and more coming up on Packham's Inn. Tonight at 10.30 on ITV Go. He sounded like Jonathan Ross. He does a bit, yeah. No, you did. Yeah, I know. I was doing an impression of, of uh, Packham from With Packham's less Inn. than a week to go until the new <laughs> series of I'm a Celebrity. You seen it? It's good. Get Sounds me out brilliant. of here. Did you, see the one where he, did you see the one where he wrestled a panda? I love the one with Billy Connolly. <laughs> that, was a, that was a good one. It's on tonight. I like the one where he had Billy Ocean on. Yeah. So, Billy, tell me, before we go and uh, um, uh, strangle an emu, have you still got it? I think so. Let's go and strangle an emu. What? It's actually a really good show because other people get to wrestle animals. Yeah, it's not just him. It's not just him. Oh. Is that... That's the start of Packham's Inn. Scotland, do you want more Packham's Inn? Oh, okay. we're not very popular in Scotland. Never mind. Luckily, I'm going to um, um, punch an eagle in the face. Don't worry, it's had its wings clipped, it can't hurt me. Right, this is entirely not what he's saying. <laughs> Chris Packham wants everyone to stop messing about with animals and I'm the celebrity, because he likes animals, OK? He doesn't want people... I'll do the story, Catherine, I'll do it justice. That <laughs> <laughs> made me really laugh, because it's true. He doesn't want um, people to... He doesn't want live rats involved. He doesn't want people to eat um, uh, elephant's penis. He doesn't want people to... to... <laughs> Any of the degrading What's things. his beef with snakes, then, if you're so clever? What's his beef with the snakes? What's his beef with snakes? He says it's not a fair fight because they wire their jaws up. Did you hear the story about Packham? Go on. Oh, for heaven's sake.
song is so good, I'm going to talk over the end of it. Tune, isn't it, Just? Oh, great tune, great tune, boss. Enjoying this one, yeah, oh, definitely. I'm enjoying this one. It's it's like an old, it's like a classic song. How would you classify it, Justin? Is it a turntable hit? Um, I would say that is probably a turntable hit. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, and what's the it. definition of a turntable hit? Uh, a turntable hit is one of those great tunes that you hear on the radio that doesn't necessarily have to be a top five hit single, but it just sounds great on the radio. That, my friends, is a turntable hit. Now, uh, while I'm here, Sorry? what's all this talk about Paco this morning? One of my favourite men on TV. What, what, what's what's well, Paco saying? Well, you're a big fan, obviously, of the TV series Packham's In on ITV Go. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Did you see the one, did you see the one where he um, wrestled a, a panda? Yeah, brave man. Kicked it in the ghoulies. No wonder they're not having babies. He's saying that we shouldn't be using um, animals for entertainment purposes on the television series that I turned down last week. Mm. I'm a celebrity. Get me out Mm. of here. Can I ask the obvious question here? Do you mind? Yeah. Because you always say, ask the obvious question. Go for it. Um, Don't always say that. It'd be a bit well, boring, no. wouldn't it? You, well, you, you always say... Morning in, uh, ask the obvious question. <laughs> What's for I, supper, I, Daddy? Ask the obvious question. Oh, I did. I'm going I'm to ask you right now. You, you, you've been talking all morning, saying, oh, I turned down, yep. I'm a celebrity, get me out. Oh, I turned it down yes. again. How much did he get offered, boss? Money wasn't offered. Money wasn't mentioned. You kind of have to say yes, and then money gets mentioned. Uh, uh-huh. It would have been about... Pick a figure between sixty and 80,000. Wow. Hey. What? And you turn it down? Yes, fella. Why? I've got a job. Well, that's true. I've got yeah, a job. Fair play. I've got fair a job. Play. If I didn't have a job, if things were slightly different in my life, then uh, possibly I've got a job, I've got kids, I've got responsibilities. Uh, I don't need it. Mm, okay. Yeah. All right. I'll, t- I'll take you over it. If you want, we could give you the I'm a celebrity experience anyway. If if you want, you can have a shower in your bikini. No, (laughs) (laughs) quick comeback there, just wasn't it? You can you can um, sleep in a tent and we'll feed you insects for fun while filming you and that. That's another reason I turned it down. I don't want to do that. I don't want to. Some of those insects are very gooey, aren't they? Do you know the thing that really scares me about I'm a celebrity? Um, Is the bit when you have to parachute out of the plane at the start. That's the bit that really scares me. Yeah. Uh-huh. Anyway, Justin. Yeah. You British? I am, yes. You're... No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm English. Oh, here we oh, go. Oh, here we go. Mm-hmm. Do you you take... know I'm English. Don't call me British. I'm English. Well, it's totally offensive. Well, you're, you're, you are British. You're no, no, I'm English. You're English wrapped in British, surely. No, I'm English. And anybody who was born in England will, will say they're English. I'm a European. No, you're not. You're English. Well, I, I'm, I'm British. I'm a, an English-British-European. No, you're English. Well, I'm not an American, am I? No, you're English. If you were born in England, you are English. It's it's pretty simple. Well, that 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 makes things difficult then for this phone. Could you say you're British? No, because I'm English. Flipping it, you can be both. You uh, you are a man, yeah. Yes, I am. Last time I checked. And you're also an idiot, so you can be two things at once. Yeah, but I'm English. Yeah, listen, put it out. Good argument. Fair play. You you owe me there. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm English. Anybody who was born in England, they are English. I don't, I don't understand what, what, what the problem is here. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Catherine, would you like to tell him the, the British well, story? Here's the story in the Daily Mail. Mm. British firms are forced to hire foreign staff because workers here are too lazy. That's according to some Hungarians. It's mm. a company that was it, apparently it's hired to recruit workers and suggested Britons are less likely to put up with low-paid manual labour and we're lazy. 
Ah, do you know what? It's only about three or four weeks ago I went out on this and I spoke to foreign workers uh, in Bedfordshire and they said to me that uh, their perception of English workers is that they're lazy. And I spoke to one person who had set up his own business here. He would only employ foreign staff because they work a lot harder. His words, not mine. British workers are not prepared to stand in a factory for eight to 12 hours and find it easier to live on benefits, recruiter said. Yeah, this is... You know, ex- yeah, ex- exactly what the foreign workers said. They said it's the government's fault because all they want to do is sit at home, take the benefits and not go to work. I, I, I don't think it's as simple as that mm. but I do think that we have um, perhaps slightly lost you don't see 15, maybe it's not legal anymore, I don't know you don't see 15 year olds doing Saturday jobs mm. do you? you don't no, see you kids don't. doing paper rounds No, there was, a, there was a slip inside my newspaper this weekend say, advertising paper rounds, when I was a kid they didn't get advertised, it no. was word of mouth and it was you knew if one had come up. I did a free paper round halfpenny a paper, oh it was horrible and as soon as I was 15 I went and did a Saturday job, yeah. Friday evening and Saturday job at BJ's. I used you don't to babysit, see, I used to babysit virtually every weekend. Is that the problem then? That that just because, I don't know, nanny state, we're too protective of our kids. We want to give our kids everything. I don't know. But the kids aren't working. I wonder whether they're expecting to earn more immediately. My first pay uh, pay slip was Friday night and all day Saturday was, I think, about £13.25. Wow. Loved it. I used to get 12 quid a week. (laughs) I hated that job, but I did it. I did it because I I then had a bit of beer money. I could buy my own records. I could do what I wanted. Life skills as well. Justin, thank you very much. Take it to the street for a boss. I will do. Cheers, Cheers boss. with this. 08459 455 555. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's starting to build up out there on the roads in Chesant. The A10 southbound is building up between the Great Cambridge Road at Turnford and the M25 Junction 25 for Enfield. Having a look at the M25 on the speed sensors and it's very slow at the moment between Junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. And also on the M1 southbound towards London it's very slow between Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road and Junction 9 for Redbourne. On the A1 southbound it's building up between Eton Soken at the St Neots Junction and the Black Cat Roundabout through the roadworks there and further afield in Birch Hanger the A120 westbound there was a coach fire earlier on at the M11 Junction 8 at Bishop Stortford that's now on the hard shoulder no reports of any problems on the train Samantha BBC Three Counties Radio thank you Samantha the timing was alter cock there it was entirely my fault so are British workers too lazy and are you English or British does it really make a difference and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, Wickham Islamic Society denies link to terror suspect, new regulations for payday lenders and police dealing with dementia patients. BBC Three Counties Radio. The Wickham Islamic Society is distancing itself from the teenager arrested in the town last week on suspicion of being involved in terrorist activity. The 19-year-old, named locally as Yusuf Saeed from Desborough Avenue, remains in custody. Zahed Javed from the Society told this programme that reports the teenager had handed out leaflets there were not true. If he distributed leaflets outside, it wasn't without... I know nothing of it, but it wasn't without permission. They're a local community group. We wouldn't allow anybody to do that. All the leaflets that are distributed 
in our center, I checked first. So no, no, he he was never a part of our center. He's not a part of our organization. The banking watchdog is about to detail the new tougher terms under which payday lenders will operate. The Financial Conduct Authority will set a cap on the interest the lenders can levy. It will come into the force come into force in the new year. Police are increasingly being called out to help care home staff restrain dementia patients. Figures obtained by the Health and Social Care Information Centre indicate that poorly trained staff are unable to cope with some patients' behaviour and are calling for police help. As a result, Neil Alston chairs the Hertfordshire Police Federation. Police officers are used to dealing uh, as best they can sensitively with people those issues, but but of course the uh, the proper services and, and that's what this report says that the uh, in in terms of care homes that staff need to be properly trained and if staff aren't properly trained if there are shortfalls in any other service uh, then it's the police that get uh, the responsibility in the end. The captain of the South Korean ferry which sank in April with the loss of more than 300 lives has been found guilty of negligence. He's been sentenced to 36 years in jail. He was cleared of murder for which he could have received the death penalty. Labour is to give MPs a chance to vote on the European arrest warrant next week. The government has been criticised after it wasn't among measures that the Commons was asked to approve last night. The Speaker and Buckingham MP John Burko said the public would be contemptuous of the government's lack of straight dealing. It may be the sort of thing that some people think is very clever, but people outside of the House expect straightforward dealing. Tributes will be paid today to the British servicemen and women who've died in conflict since the start of the First World War. A silence will be observed by millions of people at 11 o'clock. A final ceramic poppy will be planted in the art installation at the Tower of London. And the boss of the Milton Keynes Red Bull Formula One team, Christian Horner, is to marry his girlfriend, the former Spice Girl Jerry Halliwell. Ms Halliwell has revealed the engagement by placing a notice in the Times newspaper. In sport, in last night's FA Cup draw, Milton and Keynes Dons were drawn at home to Chesterfield. Luton will be away to Bury. Wickham will host Wimbledon or York. And if Stevenage win their first round replay, they will be away to Wrexham. The weather, patchy rain and strong winds with some dry spells. A maximum temperature today, 13 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. From nine. The JVS Show. With the big phone in, the hottest topic of the day and your consumer problems. From 12. Nick Coffer. With star of the West End, Louise Dearman from Hitchin, talking about her production, Bond and Beyond. From three. Roberto Peroni. I'm here with a roundup of the day's news, the latest travel and your stories. From seven. Mark Forrest. I'll bring you the best bits from everything that's been happening on BBC Local Radio. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning! Busy show this morning. What are we talking about today, Catherine? We're talking about what's going on in Wickham. We're talking about um, the fact that police seem to be being drafted in to deal with things that trained carers should be dealing with. Dementia and Alzheimer's, just in case that's not been made clear. Well, another thing in the too. script. I think we broaden that out. Yeah, I think we broaden that. I know, but it's good to to know where that we start the focus, and then we can pull the spotlight back to reveal the whole stage. Um, we're also asking why the Brits are so terribly, terribly lazy. Terribly, you're lazy, lazy workers. Mm-hmm. I think I've not seen a 15-year-old, 16-year-old working on in a shop on a Saturday. 
for years. I'm not going around asking, excuse me, young man, how old are you? So maybe I have, because some of these, these kids these days look like grown men. They look like um, boxers. They tend to have beards, don't they? Don't they just? But is that the problem? Do they expect to be earning more money? I don't know. It seems that we're not going for certain jobs because they are beneath us. 08459 455. Oh, 555. And what have you turned down? Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. What have you turned down, Catherine? I turned down the chance to be in a Spice Girls cover band. (laughs) (laughs) Which one would you have been? Mel B? No, uh, Posh. Mel C? At the time, Posh. What? At the time, yeah. Posh at the time. Yeah. It was before she went super thin. It was when they were a little bit more accessible, like they dressed at the market. Like me. That was the beauty of the Spice Girls, Mm. is that they They looked like... They were cheap. Yeah, they look like the kind of girls that you could meet at uh, um, Cinderella's yeah. or uh, Henry VIII's or something. In fact, I did get recruited, let's call it that, at uh, Ritzy's in the, Nottingham. Ritzy's, you see. There yeah. you go. They didn't ask to hear me sing. Why did you say no, mate? Busy. What were you doing? Um, I was a student, yeah. um, so I was busy sleeping. I was also on my way to Paris, like, within the month, oh, okay. so, so it wasn't going to happen. But didn't, um, didn't start maybe I should have taken a year out and... Uh, been a, been a Spice Girl. Spice Girl cover band. What have you turned down? 08459 four double five five double five. They didn't. They offered me the job without hearing me sing, though. I thought that was yeah. queer. Well, they offered uh, her the job without hearing her sing. <laughs> By coincidence, she had an amazing voice. Yes. What have you turned down, um, Kelly? Um, nothing. Okay. So you just say yes to everything that comes your way, yes. do you? So if, if anything comes your way, yes. you just say yes. Yes? Yes. yes. Anything? Yeah, anything. Yep. Wow. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, Muslim leaders in High Wycombe are calling on the town's young men to stay away from radical groups. It comes as police continue to question a 19-year-old from the town about an alleged terror plot against the UK. And it's not the first time that Wycombe's been linked with Islamist activity. It was the home of one of the men involved in 2009's liquid bomb plot. And according to the Daily Telegraph, eight young men have disappeared recently, apparently to fight in Syria. Well, Mohammed Khalil is a leading member of the Muslim community and a director of Islamics. Good morning, uh, Mohammed. Uh, what is Islamics? What does it do? Good morning to you, Ian. Um, Islamics is basically the word... We took the word Islam, I-S-L-A-M, and added I-X to the end. Oh, yeah. So the last three letters make the word mix. Right, and what, is, uh, what does it do? M-I-X. And basically, it emphasises the mix between Muslims and non-Muslims. We're not simply doing enough mixing, we're simply not doing enough talking, we're not doing enough get-togethers and having uh, meals and chats together. And so we emphasise very much the dropping the barriers down and those that wouldn't visit a mosque go and visit a mosque, those that wouldn't talk to people they seem, you know, possibly youngsters, extremists. We want them to talk and to each other and discuss what's on their minds and say, well, you know, ask these uh, Muslims, why do your youngsters, you know, do what they do? And then the Muslims do ask the other side and say, why do some of your people come around and campaign in our areas and spit on women that are wearing hijab and pull them off and really get into engagements? And it's only by talking to each other can we then build confidence. Well, Mohammed, what's what's going wrong in High Wycombe? 
Uh, well, I mean, in terms of, <laughs> I don't think there's much going wrong in Wickham. House prices are still going up. Well, but in terms, well, you know, you, you, eight young men aged from 18 to 27 have gone missing in recent months, are feared to be in Syria. Uh, the, the, several kind of, you know, Luton gets a bad rap, but it, it would appear that, that Wickham is, 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 there are dodgier people there. Sure. Well, I think that particular information is questionable and now has been uh, taken up with the newspaper. Uh, that may not be correct. What we have to discuss are there are two individuals that have been um, associated with going out there. One is Omar Hussein and the other one is uh, Shabazz, a young lad from the Royal um, Grammar School. And both are very different cases. One is the intelligent young man um, who was out there on a, a charitable mission and the other one was somebody who was not very well integrated into society, was angry at various things and may have had a problem. So hang on, which one, which one, is, which one is, is, is not a jihadi and has gone to, to help charities? Uh, well, the youngster that belongs to the school, they're, they're, they're still, uh, you know, question mark. Shabazz Suleiman? Yeah, Shabazz Suleiman. OK. It, it says uh, in the Telegraph he's, he's, he's thought to have fled the country to fight alongside jihadis. Yeah, no, this was the one that was... He was traded by Turkey um, and sent back to um, Syria. So there's a question mark over him. Uh, whereas Omar Hussein is a different case altogether. He's somebody that was very angry at the authorities, didn't have a brilliant IQ and seems to be enjoying, you know, his notorious life. What about y- Yusuf uh, Syed, who was a 19-year-old student arrested by armed police in High Wycombe uh, on Thursday? This is the young man that's, yes, at the focus of a recent inquiry. Has, hasn't been confirmed by the police, so there's uh, uh, speculation uh, about names yet. And there were four individuals arrested, and only one was from High Wycombe, thankfully. Um, the other but it's still one too many, isn't it? Absolutely. I think even if we had one... And I think just as a correction, you mentioned the, the liquid plot, transatlantic plot, was 2009. It was actually 2006. OK, so but they were still from High Wycombe, weren't they? And, and that was near, Well, only one, again, not all, not, not all were from High Wycombe. Okay. Only Sarawak uh, was. OK, well, one of them was High Wycombe. So I, I asked the question again, Mr Galliel, what's going wrong in High Wycombe? Well, this is what I'm trying to answer. In, in the, nearly 10 years ago, out of a number of people, one was from High Wycombe, and now we've had, you know, uh, names put forward uh, with one going out there for uh, jihad, the other one is speculative. So I don't think there's a big problem with High Wycombe. I think it's the stats are no uh, worse or better than other areas. It's just for some reason or other, the media seems to focus in on High Wycombe. Well, hang on a minute. <laughs> this isn't a media plot. Mr. Kalia, no, 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 the, 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 the person arrested on Thursday is from High Wycombe. Shabazz Suleiman, who has, uh, is, has been traded, uh, and it is suspected he's a member of ISIS, is uh, from High Wycombe. Um, the other gentleman you mentioned, uh, who uh, is very angry, is from High Wycombe. One of the liquid bombers is from High Wycombe. So it, it, it's not the case of the media picking on High Wycombe, it's the media reporting the facts, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. But I think statistically you'll find that London and some of the other areas probably... London's a little bit bigger than High Wycombe. Yes, and in terms of figures, I think 500 plus. So, we, you know, out of 500 plus, we've got two out of high Wycombe. It, it, it doesn't make it. Uh, well, no, hang on. There's, 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 sorry, there's, there's, there's four out of high Wycombe that we've just mentioned. Are you not worried about it? Uh, there's only, well, there's only two that we're aware of now that are out there in, in, in Syria at the Shabazz moment. Shabazz Suleiman, Hussein, Yusuf Syed, and one of the liquid bombers. That's, that makes four. Well, no, only two of them are out there in Syria. One is in prison, and the other one is... Well, no, yeah, is but, but, but there are four... OK, whether they're in Syria or not, so four of them are, 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 are dodgepots and not the kind of people... Uh, well, uh, even, yes, I agree with you. Even if we had one in the last ten years, that's one... Well, you've got four. Many. There are four. So, um, so are you not yeah. worried by these figures? Well, 
what we're trying to do is work with the authorities. You'll find the area is much more proactive than, than many other areas, and uh, none, of, none of this activity would go on inside a mosque. The mosques are not the sort of venues that these um, people would... would Shab- I, I suggest that Shabazz Suleiman, uh, uh, Yusuf Syed, uh, Mr Hussain, and uh, the other gentlemen, they're not going to be coming to um, have a supper at Islamics, are they? Those aren't the kind of people that, that were, where they're going to sit down in an Islamics meeting, with the greatest respect, uh, to chat to, to uh, non-Muslims about why they don't like Muslims. Th- those, those people yeah, won't right. be interested in this, will they? Well, if you look at Quilliam, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with Quilliam, these are people that were out there jailed and were out on jihad missions. And they've come back now and make a, con- a considerable contribution to society in de-radicalising uh, programmes. Quilliam, they're the, the organisation that have been uh, hanging out with Tommy Robinson, the former leader of the EDL. That's, that's right. Right, OK, yeah. 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 And, um, and they are doing a lot um, now in terms of both academic work and other work, in terms of working in this arena of uh, radicalisation and de-radicalisation. The only, so the only equivalent I have in, in, in my life is when uh, you get young, hip young people in their 30s who go, hey guys, there's too, much, there's too much crime on the street, kids are doing too much crime and too much drugs, we are going to start a youth centre and we're going to make it fun and we're going to tell them why gun crime is a bad thing. And all of the kind of, you know, the, the kids that are into gun crime and are into bad things go, yeah, get knotted, mate, I'm not listening to you. It's the people that wouldn't do those things, go to those organisations? Well, I'm not sure what you're asking there, but in terms of gun crime, I'm actually... I'm asking... asking, No, I'm not talking about gun crime, Mr Kelly. I'm using it as an example. I'm suggesting that that groups like Islamics will not be able to stop um, young men who are disaffected, who are upset, who are angry for whatever reason, going off to Syria and Iraq to fight as jihadis. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're not involved in, um, you know, uh, front-end de-radicalisation programmes. We're involved in wider society where the average person walks past the mosque and wonders what's going on inside that mosque, and we encourage open days for okay. mosques, well, open uh, integration between interfaiths. OK, well, uh, thank you very much, Mohammed Khalil, uh, um, Director of Islamics, leading member of the Muslim community. I want to be a leading member of a community. Can I just call myself a community leader? Hey, Kelly, mm. I'm a community leader. What? Community is it for? You don't represent me, love. Oh, how rude. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Bricketwood, the A405 North Orbiter Road is queuing at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout on the speed sensors and having a look at the M25 anti-clockwise, it's very slow between Junction 17 for Mabel Cross and 16 for the M40. Callers have reported that there is a minor accident just before the M40, so that's adding to the usual morning rush hour queues. In Beaconsfield, the M- Amersham Road is very heavy at the moment, looking at the speed sensors between Ledborough Lane and the A40 London Road. In Chesant, the A10 southbound is very slow between the Turnford and New River Trading Estate and the M25 Junction 25 at Enfield and on the A1 southbound it's very slow between the St Neots Junction and the Black Cat Roundabout through the roadworks they're making it very busy. On the train there's no reports of any problems at the moment Samantha Ruff, BBC Three Counties Radio Yeah! 7.16, it's uh, Tuesday the 11th of November, I'm Ian Lee these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Wickham Islamic Society is distancing itself from the teenager arrested in town last week on suspicion of being involved in terrorist activity. The Financial Conduct Authority is unveiling proposals to cap the cost of payday loans from January. And police are increasingly being called out to help care home staff restrain dementia patients, according to figures released today. BBC Three Counties Radio.
There are some things in life you have to buy. One loaf of bread, two pints of milk. Some things you'd like to buy. There you go, madam, your brand new 80-inch TV. And some things money just can't buy. Here's the venue for your dinner date with George Clooney. Until now! This year, for children in need, we're giving you the chance to take part in a very special auction. Sold to the man on the phone from Buckingham. We're selling some amazing experiences to raise money for causes all over beds, hearts and bucks. Keep listening every day this week for all the details. Our charity auction for children in need starts Friday morning from 6 here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Whoa, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Kath's uh, mum and boy was looking at me expectantly. What's that to say? We've had a big text from an anonymous police officer. <clears throat> hello, hello, hello. Who's texted this then? You'll never know. Aye. I'm a current serving police officer. No, you're not. You work here. No, I'm reading from oh, sorry. the thing. From the, from now on, this is them. OK, thank you for clearing that up. I'm a current serving police officer in Hertfordshire. Luckily, a couple of years ago, I managed to escape general response duties and specialised. Even back then, two years ago, we were being called to completely inappropriate situations at care homes. Oh, this is the story, just some of you may have just tuned in, this is the yeah. story that police officers are being often called out to, uh, well, to, to, to restrain dementia patients who may have got a bit violent and other such things. Because staff in care homes aren't trained yeah. to deal with it, apparently. OK. So, um, this police officer saying even back two years ago we were being called to completely inappropriate situations at care homes and homes for people with mental health problems where the staff would almost force them into your hands stating they wanted people dealt with criminally who were clearly suffering from mental health issues or age-related mental health issues. It's completely unacceptable that in this day and age the police are being called to deal with incidents such as this and that's coupled with other things which if we go by what the Home Secretary says as pointed out earlier by the representative of the Police Federation we are allegedly there and I quote the Home Secretary's words to cut crime, nothing more, nothing less. But we've had a few incidents, haven't we, recently? I mean, moving away from this idea that they're being called in to restrain patients, which is something pretty specific. We've had a number of things recently where someone with a mental health problem is only being dealt with in the criminal courts because the the care isn't there. Prisons are full of mentally ill people. You know, I'm sure there'll be a statistic somewhere. Just imagine that statistic. Uh, but prisons are full of mental, mentally ill people who shouldn't be there, but there is no other provision for them anywhere. Oh, wait, 459 455 555. It is a big story. It's uh, the, the story that police are increasingly being called out to help care home staff restrain dementia patients. Charities say that poorly trained staff are unable to cope with some patients' behaviour and are calling for police help as a result. Well, George McNamara is the Alzheimer's Society Head of Policy and Public Affairs. Morning, George. Uh, Good morning. Are you concerned about this news? Uh, I mean, this is deeply concerning and and extremely worrying. The role role of police isn't necessarily to be uh, an, an extension of social services. And what we want to make sure is that everyone in later life, those living in care homes and in the community, are able to live with dignity and care. Uh, and that just isn't happening at the moment. And, you know, it, this urgently needs to be addressed. So what's the problem? It, 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 it's the training of the staff in care homes, is it? Well, I, I think in part, when we look at our social care and our community services, for many, many years they've been starved of the necessary funding. But also as well, the staff, 
the workforce haven't had that investment in, for example, their pay. Many are lo very low paid, uh, and also in terms of getting the training which they need, because we know there are more and more people living with dementia, and therefore the service and the support which is provided needs to reflect that, and it just hasn't. I I suppose I, I know it happens very rarely, but 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 people with Alzheimer's can get. Violent. I, I, we often hear of, of um, spouses being attacked. Or I, I, a story of my granddad. I told earlier on when he was he was very ill towards the end of his life, punched a blind woman. You know, because of the illness. It's not them doing it. It's the illness doing it. Uh, if there is violence, what are what are the, the, the care workers supposed to do if not call the police? Well, what we, I mean, when you look at the figures, these are increasing numbers. Um, and actually, what we know is that you know, with people with dementia, as a condition progresses, they find it in many cases difficult to communicate. So, for example, if, if they're in pain, how to communicate. Uh, and I think one of the key things is that we, what we don't have is a, is a person centered uh, care system, one that understands that the person, uh, and, and more times than not, if, if that approach is taken, and we see it in some of the really excelling. Uh, care home providers actually it reduces the the, the risk or the chances of, of a violent incident taking place uh, should the police be trained better in dealing with these kind of incidents do you think well, I think what there needs to be is greater um, partnership working between uh, the police and also the, the care home providers and care providers. Uh, having, you know, joint training sessions, understanding more about dementia, that's something we're really pushing forward, particularly with uh, police and uh, emergency services, so that the staff actually have, a, uh, the, the, the police and others have a, a real understanding of what dementia means and, and the implications of that. Here's something, George. Quite often, uh, you hear, and my, my grand did this, uh, you hear of... Uh, um the partner of someone who's got dementia, keeping them at home for as long as they can, for obvious reasons. It's their husband, it's their wife, they want them to stay in the home. At what point should they say, do you know what, I can't do this anymore. I need, you know, Steve needs to go into, into a care home. Rose needs to move into a care home. I can't do it. Is it when they become violent? Is there a, a point where they should kind of admit defeat? I think what we know is that many uh, carers for people with dementia are actually caring you know, in, on their own in isolation. There's very little support, advice or information uh, which is available. And I think as, as they go along that dementia journey, uh, alongside their loved ones, it's actually having uh, somebody to talk to, to say, well, actually, are there small changes, are there things we can do in the, in the home that can enable um, uh, my husband, wife, uh, to, to live that little, uh, little bit longer independently within their own home? But absolutely, I think the, the most important thing is what's in the best interests of the person the person they love and i think actually by having that but also by having the care and support and the advice um, is absolutely crucial george i appreciate your time george mcnamara uh, the alzheimer's society head of policy across beds hearts and bucks this is ian lee bbc three counties radio 08459 A little recap on a story we did last week, Catherine. Yes. The um, 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 mobile home... Newlands Park. Newlands Park. The mobile home um, park in uh, Abbots Lang. It's Abbots Lang, yes. isn't it? Uh, what was the situation there? What was the problem? The situation was there were a lot of residents there having problems with the bases of their static caravans. Um, they were also having problems with their plumbing. There were all kinds of things going on that meant that they weren't able to enjoy their caravans or their, their mobile homes. 
But they couldn't get hold of the landlords. And when they were getting hold of the landlords, the landlord's attitude was usually one of aggression and intimidation. There have been allegations, so say, uh, yeah, allegations of you know a 93-year-old woman being, being threatened in her home and other uh, elderly people being threatened or laughed at or ignored uh, by the um, people who run the park. Uh, you probably remember, we had a big discussion about this because they are travellers and we were deciding whether it was relevant that they were travellers or not. As we followed the story throughout the morning, it, it became suggested that Three Rivers District Council, who are the district council responsible for that area, um, and had apparently done jack all when it came to sorting these problems out, there was a hint, a suggestion, well, more than a hint. No, she said it, didn't she? Anne Main said it. Anne Main MP suggested that Three Rivers District Council were holding off dealing with this because they were travellers mm-hmm. and they were worried of being accused of, I don't know what, of racism or, or whatever. Now, Catherine and I... I feel we should say this on air because we should give Three Rivers District Council a yeah, chance. Sure. Catherine and I are going to go to the park today. And we're going to speak to some of the residents and we're going to have a look and we're going to knock on... I'm assuming there's, there's like an office block or something there. We're going to go and knock on the door of the people that run it and see if they'll have a word with us, if they're there. Uh, no, there's no one in the office. Oh. Because that was another thing. They were oh. assured when they bought their plots that there would be someone there okay. to land that well, office. Well, we'll go to the office. But we're definitely going to go and speak to the residents. We'll go to We've the office. We'll knock on the door. There yep. are phone numbers there. We'll phone them as well and we'll record all of this. We will. And we actually rang Three Rivers yesterday to tell them they were doing this. Because they haven't... Three Rivers District Council refused to come on last week. And they, uh, despite four phone calls from uh, Tony Fisher, our reporter, they didn't give us a statement. But they said they would. <clears throat> they said they would. So Tony, I think, phoned up three of us yesterday. What, yeah. was, what was the result of that phone call? Well, um, the usual press officer he deals with, the press officer, I think there's only one, yep. um, wasn't there. Apparently he's on annual leave. Good for him. Well done. He's, Excellent. He's it- left no notes. What? No one else knows about it, this inquiry, apparently. Sorry. Despite the fact that Anne Mains raised this in Parliament. So, so, so no one knows... At Three Rivers District Council, that Anne Main, their local MP, has called them spineless in Parliament. No one knows about that. No one knows that we've been trying to get them to find out why they are spineless, according to Anne Main and some of the residents. Or whether we're missing something. Perhaps it's yeah. more complicated. Exactly. Uh, but they must have known about this story because this has been going on since April. So someone there must know about this park. Not the person who picked up the phone. Which is the person you have to get past to get to anyone else. Three Rivers District Council. I mean, come on, guys. This is very, very poor. We're going to the park today. Catherine and I are going to the park today. Will, will, will that be for tomorrow, Thursday? What do you think? We'll see. We'll see what we find. We'll see what we find. Because apparently there have been things that have been happening there over the weekend. Oh, really? Uh-huh. You need to come and talk to us to tell us why you are not doing anything for these residents who are in fear. Whether that fear is imagined or not, I don't know. But we've only got their side of the story. They're in fear. Now, Three Rivers granted the licence to the owners of the park, so they have the first responsibility. But there is also a responsibility, a duty of care, actually, on on Wickham, uh, sorry, on Three Rivers to step in if the landlords are not helping. Well, it's discretionary. That's the problem. Do we tell Three Rivers what we're planning or do we keep that under our hats for a little bit? I think we could say it out loud and they still wouldn't hear us. I don't know. Uh, I think we keep it under our Let's hats. Keep, OK, three of us, y- you will come and talk to us. You know, you kind of have to. Quite often we get statements, and, and I don't want a statement, I want you to talk to us. You will. We've got, we, we have a plan. Or alternatively, do something. Yeah, you know? or, or do something. You know, this is your chance. Do why, I know what. Why don't you phone up the residents today and say, we're really sorry, we're going to sort this out this week, and then come on the show tomorrow and look like heroes. Here's the thing, we're going to be there from 10 o'clock, so if you want to meet us there... Hey. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, OK, lovely. Well, maybe we'll see you later on. If we don't see you today, we'll see you very soon.
08459 455 555 is the telephone number. I turned down I'm a Celebrity. You turned down being Posh Spice. Mm-hmm. Posh Spice? Yeah. Blimey. I had the right haircut. I think they just thought it would be cheaper. You had the... the <laughs> <laughs> what have you turned down, dear listener? 08459 455 555. Travel news for beds, hards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the North Orbital Road in Brickettwood, it's queuing at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout on the speed sensors. And also having a look at the M25 anti-clockwise, it's very slow between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. That's the usual morning delays also being added to by a small accident just before the M40 we're hearing from callers. Also on the M25, it's queuing between Junction 26 for Waltham Abbey and 25 for Enfield on the speed sensors. Having a look at the A1 southbound, it's very slow between the St. Neots Junction and the Black Cat Roundabout. And having a look in Hemel Hempstead, the A41 southbound's looking very slow at the moment between the Hemel Hempstead turn-off and the M25 Junction 20 at Kings Langley. There's no reports of any problems so far on the trains. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. The Wickham Islamic Society is distancing itself from the teenager arrested in the town last week on suspicion of being involved in terrorist activity. Zahed Javid from the Society told this programme that reports the teenager had handed out leaflets there were not true. The banking watchdog is about to detail the new tougher terms under which payday lenders will operate. Police are increasingly being called out to help care home staff restrain dementia patients, according to figures released this morning. Contributes will be paid today to the British servicemen and women who've died in conflict since the start of the First World War. A silence will be observed by millions of people at 11 o'clock. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Last night's FA Cup second round draw produced home ties for Milton Keynes, Dons and Wickham with an away tie for Luton and possibly Stevenage. The ties will be played over the weekend of December the 6th and 7th. More from Jeff Doyle. MK Dons are at home to fellow League One side Chesterfield. The Spireites knock six past Braintree at the weekend. Luton Town have a difficult tie away to fellow League Two promotion contenders Berry. The Shakers beat Hemel Hempstead in the first round. Wickham will also play a fellow League Two side, the winners of York versus AFC Wimbledon. And if Stevenage beat Maidstone in their replay next week, they'll play away to conference team Wrexham. And Stevenage's replay at Maidstone will be played next Thursday, November the 20th, and will be shown live on BT Sport, earning the borough an extra £34,000. Their league game at Northampton will still go ahead on Saturday the 22nd. Seven months after being sacked as manager of Manchester United, David Moyes has been named as the new boss of the Spanish side Real Sociedad. The 51-year-old has signed an 18-month deal at the club, who are 15th in La Liga. Spanish football journalist Sid Lowe says Moyes will be confident he can turn the club around. David Moyes is extremely meticulous, so he would have looked at Real Sociedad very closely and he would have drawn the conclusion that they are far too low considering the kind of players they've got. I mean, to put it into context, Real Sociedad have only won twice all season, but those two victories are against Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid. So this is a side that has the potential to be much higher than it currently is. And in tennis, Novak Djokovic claimed a straight sets victory over the US Open champion Marin Cilic in his opening round robin match at the World Tour Finals at the O2 Arena. Roger Federer plays again this afternoon with Andy Murray in action against Milos Raonic this evening. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at eight. 
Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Dear David Blunkett, we weren't interested in you when you uh, had a little bit of power. We weren't interested in you when you copped off with that woman who was obviously a lot fitter than you. We're not interested in you now. What are we not interested in? Oh, he's such a cheese. <laughs> How do you justify that? It's the world's longest running soap opera and a national institution, and I flipping love it, right? Yet celebrity fans of The Archers on BBC Radio 4 have said they fear for its future and complain it's changing beyond all recognition. Oh, no. It's always done that. Is this because it's got a couple of gay fellas in it? Is, is that, that what it is? I don't know. Has it, though? Yeah, it has got a couple of gay fellas. But they, but they, ha- they did it really ham-fistedly. Oh, no. When they <laughs> but they do... I mean, it is a little bit like that, isn't it? There's a lot of heavy <laughs> breathing when they need me. Everyone's always... Well, I've just come uh, from the field, Kath, and... Uh, Got to say, um, those cows really are looking big. Oh, this breakfast is taking ages. I'll have two pints of ale if you don't mind. Oh, <sighs> I'll get one from the top for you. Okay, thanks very much. Hey, what's for lunch today? <sighs> Great sex. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I sound like one of the ones from the Archers. The slightly uh, oh, the scrubber. I'm a bit hyperventilated. The one that's a bit Geordie. Yeah, you do. What's her, what's her name? Shula. I don't know any of their names. I think her name is. I dip in and out of it. She's the one that got. Oh, isn't she the one that got pregnant by her, like husband's brother or something? Former Home Secretary David Blunkett, uh, who once went out with a fit woman who was much better looking than him, said the serial, which first aired in 1950, was becoming a disappearing soap as characters are killed off and exiled abroad. Meanwhile, bro- uh, people have to leave; they can't all die. Meanwhile, broadcasting Ruth. veteran. Yeah, Ruth. Ruth. All right, all right, Ruth. Well, nah, we're talking about Ruth. Meanwhile, broadcasting veteran Dame Jenny Murray said a national scandal would ensue if three major characters leave. The central couple, David and Ruth Archer, who live and work on Brookfield Farm in Ambridge, look set to move up north with David's mother, Jill, after it was announced a new road could be built through their land. Guess what, guys? Probably isn't going to happen. Yeah, the storyline is the Archers might move out of Ambridge. Guess what? They won't. Or if they do... They'll come back sharpish. Yeah. They're the archers. It's called the archers. Yeah. Flipping you know it. You know what I can hear already? Um, they'll use a telephone effect. Oh, I'm not really enjoying myself down here anymore. I'm not really enjoying myself. Can we come back to Andrews? Yeah, OK. Die. Right. You're never going to believe who's coming back. Who? It's time for the archers. Oh, isn't it a long way up north? I love the archers, although I don't know anybody, I don't know anyone's name or what's going on. I just love it, and I love the jaunty theme uh, version of the theme on a Sunday. Who are the Woolies? Sorry? Who are the Woolies? I don't know. I don't know their names. Oh, there's Aldridge's okay. and the and Bellamy. Anyway, we're talking about the Archers. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. We're also talking about you Britons are just too lazy. After mail reveals, reveals sandwich. <laughs> you Britons, well, like ancient Britons, the British. I'm doing the front page. Sorry, the... carry on. Turn my mic off. This is what I do when you've not got. Turn me mic off. After Mail reveals sandwich firm that supplies M&S, Marks and Spencers... Not just a sandwich. ...and Tesco, Tesco's, has been forced to find staff abroad, the Hungarians tell us why you Britons are just too lazy. <laughs> Sometimes I'm a bit Hungarian, I want a sandwich. Turn my microphone off. British firms are for... No, because I want people to, to listen to the nonsense I have to put up with. I don't do this in your ear, I'm just doing it because it's like watching the telly. Ian's in Kettering. Morning, Ian. Morning, Ian. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm annoyed by um, Catherine. 
Oh, she annoys everyone. Catherine does, don't Ooh. worry. Yeah, Mama um, Boyle gets right, right on my nerves. Have you uh, covered the big story of today? The salutary lesson that somebody uh, found that they got home and their dog, Molly, had drank a bottle of Baileys. Oh, no, I did I did see this. Go on, and you tell us about it. Well, I think you've well, told us the most most of it, but go on. <laughs> yeah, they got home and they found the dog slumped sitting in the corner, took it to the vet. It was doing what uh, in the corner? Sitting. Sitting, sitting. in the corner, OK. Yes. and uh, took it out to the vet, and, um, and then, uh, thankfully, she's all right now. But, yeah, she drank a bottle of Baileys, so it's uh, a lesson. Don't leave your spirits out on the side if you've got a dog. Um, and, another, and another drink, of course, that she might like is Johnny Walkie. Oh, the, don't, because the son have done that. The son have done five drinks she might like, OK? Number one, it's Johnny Walkies. <laughs> Number two, it's porno. What? But as in perno, but por- porno. All oh, right. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah, that's not even... They really are chancing. Number three, any strong liquor. That's a good one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Number four is shampoodle. <laughs> Number... That's not a drink. Number five is two dogs. Ian, thank you very much for that. I've got another lesson for Ian. Yeah. Saying about lessons for dogs. Yeah. Lessons for Ian, don't annoy the producer. I've got your number. You're not coming on again. <laughs> oh, no, I like Ian. He's good. Well, Ian needs to do some serious um, groundwork. I, I can let him on, though. Uh, Kelly? Yeah? Here's another lesson for you. OK. Don't mess with me. Can, She's just turned your mic off. You see? Wow. You are in... You, you are in... You're in bitchy form this morning. Yes. You really... Yes, I am. Because when it comes down to it... The power is mine. Right, let's write this email. Dear Radio 4, how about it? You said once I'd served my time on this load of old... uh, Rubbish? No, stronger. Uh, Drivel. Drivel. I have a proper job. Whenever you're ready, Radio 4, just give me a shout. Lots of love from Kath. Kiss. Send. Here we go. 08459 555 is the phone number. Gary's in London. Good morning, Gary. Morning, boss. How are you doing? I'm very good, thank you very much. Good, 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 good. I'm getting paid for this. Really? Unbelievable. From your licence fee. Sucker. Who do I complain to? Um, You complain to me. Send right, an email okay. to ian.lee uh, at bbc.co.uk with your complaint. I'll make sure it gets looked at. I'll get straight on to that after this call. Good lad. Um, I, I've decided the, the ideal job, but you know you said you want to become a community leader. Oh, I'd love to be a community leader. I've discovered the ideal job for me. Last night on the telly, I saw it. My eyes were opened. Uh, lap dancer? Uh, no. Was it the well, Irish I've fella been... that spent seven and a half grand in one night? 
I've considered it, but maybe yep. I don't have the hips for it. Yep. Um, it, head of Tower Bridge. Sorry? Head of Tower Bridge. Wow, gosh. They used to put heads on Tower Bridge. Yeah, and now there's a bloke whose job it is to be head of Tower Bridge. Well, what does he do as the head of Tower Bridge? Just, like, pick up chewing gum and stuff and tell people I off? assume so, yeah. I, I assume he sort of keeps it tidy and, um, and stuff. There's a great story. Is it Tower Bridge? I think it is. Mm-hmm. Which one's Tower Bridge? Is that the one that opens? Yeah, and they've just built this glass walkway. They've so built a glass down. walkway over the top of it. It's fantastic. The Tower of Terror. Now you can walk on glass 140 feet above the Thames. Well, that looks flipping rain, awesome. Not to rain in your parade, but wasn't it Tower of London when they put heads? Sorry? Wasn't it the Tower of London? Get out of here, you idiot. You need to watch more Horrible Histories, mate. I don't need to watch anything, mate. You would know this, mate. I know. They probably did it on the Tower Bridge as well. No, they didn't. That was made much, much later. Dennis! Good morning. Good morning, Dennis, you old codger. You're still with us. Every day you're with us. It's a, it's, it's a day closer to when yeah. you're not with us. No, well, that's right. Yes. Well, I've told you, the morning I get up and kick the bucket in, it doesn't feel... I don't hurt myself. I'm yeah. not you still have a bucket. bucket under your bed, Dennis? Yes, ready for kicking. Ready for kicking, sir! Now then, Tower Bridge. They, they try, the Americans tried to buy Tower Bridge yep. after the war. Yep. They sold them London Bridge. Idiots. Yeah, they took it all there. But they rebuilt it. Isn't it it in the desert or something? Yes, that's right. It's going nowhere. But no, they... Like all of us in many ways, Dennis. They were under the... Just think, just think, Dennis. Just think. You know life, right? No life. No, you... You know life, right? Yes. This is as good as it gets. Of course it is. Isn't that terrible? Isn't that terrible? This is as good as it gets. Don't get any better than this. I've told all my children, my grandchildren, get it now because it's not coming back. Get it while it's hot. Uh, that's right. No seconds, please, sir. Can I have some more? You can't. You're dead. And I'm <laughs> God. And I don't exist. Wow. <laughs> we are screwed. I know. It's Speaking terrible. of being screwed, Dennis. Yes, all the time. Here's a, well, here's a, here's a great story in the sum. <laughs> Lie do. Lie do. They're an unusual looking couple. I'll show them to my team so you can see them. Yes. Yes. <laughs> a jealous girlfriend who forced her fiance. I saw these well, two on Kyle. She was worried he might get pinched. <laughs> a jealous girlfriend who forced her fiance to take a lie detector test every time he returned home has married him. <laughs> Debbie Wood. Yeah, I bet she would. No, that's her name. Debbie Wood. Yeah, I bet she, I bet she would. No, she that's did. her name. Debbie Wood. That's her name. Was so worried partner Steve would stray, he wouldn't that she even scrutinised the 31-year-old's phone, emails and bank statements. She cannot bear him even looking at other women. Well, I'll be honest, his his eyes are probably pulled in by the gravity of you. And would quiz him when he came back from a 15-minute trip to buy a pint of milk. 15 minutes? What's he doing there? He's doing what, Dennis? I hope that's I'm a touch. Touching, okay. that. God, I wouldn't be able to live a life like that. No, you couldn't. That's no life, is no, it? No, 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 no. Go out and find a bit of life somewhere. Debbie else. from Shepshed, Shepshed, near Leicester, ordered the lie detector kit online to keep tabs on unemployed <laughs> Steve. She said, I get so worried about him, I'm not the shop assistant. I just have to, sh- have to know the truth. <laughs> Isn't that sad? But does the lie detector work? That's the point. Well, that's God, the point, isn't it, Dennis? You may have told her a lie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis, I bet your I bet your win can tell when you're telling a fib. Not that you ever would, but no, I bet no, she can she tell. She can't. She can't. I can tell her all sorts of tales. No. 
No, she's not like that at all. She trusts me. Oh, I used to have a boyfriend who, when he used to lie, he used to get a little thing. He used to get a little dimple at the side of his face where he got a bit tense, and I could always tell. I think they always give themselves away. Yeah. They always do. You're looking nice today, Kath. Liar. Yeah. She looks like Velma Dennis. (gasps) Kathy, you look after yourself. Don't let them get at you. Get out of it. You look like um, Velma. You do. You've finally worn the combination of the orange dress, the milk bottle glasses... And the hair. And the, um, I'm trying to phrase this, I can't, so I'll just say the hair. And you look like Velma from Scooby-Doo-Doo. And I think that's nice. I I think it's a great look. She is obviously the hottest um, out of the guys in that show. She's the hottest of the uh, guys in that show. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. If you're British, you're lazy. Really? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. M25 anti-clockwise is queuing between Junction 27 for the M11 and 25 for Enfield with reports that it was stationary for a little while ago um, but there's no problems on the cameras that are obvious why it's looking slow so it's just very slow. In Hamel Hempstead the A41 southbound is slow between the Hamel Hempstead turn-off and the M25 Junction 20 at Kings Langley. Having a look at these speed sensors on the M1 southbound it's slow between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and Junction 9 for Redbourne. The A1 southbound is very slow between the St. Neat's Junction and the Black Cat Roundabout that's through the roadworks there and into High Wycombe Marlow Hill is looking very busy and London Road as well looking very busy in both directions around High Wycombe having a look at the trains no reports of any problems so far Samantha Breath BBC Three Counties Radio Right, 7.46 it's uh, Tuesday the 11th of November I'm Ian Lee these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio the Wickham Islamic Society is distancing itself from the teenager arrested in the town last week on suspicion of being involved in terrorist activity the Financial Conduct Authority has set out the details of tougher rules for payday lenders and police are increasingly being called out to help care home staff restrain dementia patients according to figures released today we'll get more of your calls after we get the weather from George Gina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Well, we've got cloud building through the day, so the further east you are, the brighter it's likely to be this morning. Um, but also some rain coming in from the west later as well. That's going to be fairly light for the most part. There may just be one or two heavier bursts. And we've got southeasterly winds with highs of 13 degrees Celsius. Tonight, a fairly cloudy night with rain continuing with lows of 10 degrees. And tomorrow, quite a cloudy start to the day, but that does break up come the afternoon. That's when we start to see some sunny spells and any showery rain should gradually lessen by the afternoon as well with a fair fair bit of breeze around but still lighter winds than today with highs of 13 degrees and Thursday's looking drier with varying amounts of cloud but Friday we've got rain returning and some showers for Saturday that's your latest forecast Every weekday morning, local opinions. Well, I think it's a very difficult uh, proposition. You really cannot allow your heart to rule your head. Local stories. I wanted to call my house Hardcore Mansions. They refused that on two separate occasions. I wasn't leaving the house through the fear as to what I would find when I came back. Local life. I bought a car within three months. It's 
Rusty. They said that the deposit would be forthcoming. It wasn't. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, those of you with a canny sense of listening will know it's the 11th of November. It's Remembrance Day and it's particularly poignant as this year is the centenary of the start of the First World War. Have you been to look at those poppies, Kath? No. When do they start getting taken down? I think they've got another couple of weeks and then they start getting moved around the country. Oh, no, because no, people have bought them. I think some of them get taken, start getting taken down now, don't mm. they? Because I know we, we, my mother-in-law very cleverly managed to, to nab a couple. But are you buying them or are you donating? You so buy them. So they can be stuck in the ground? No, you get them. You get the poppies. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. Whack that on eBay a few quid. It's a joke. Oh, no. It's a joke. But, yeah, but my, my mother-in-law has, has got two of them, so the boys will get one. Oh, that would be nice. That would be nice. Uh, it, it looks amazing... I've not been tempted to go down there, though. No, because you're never going to get the effect sandwiched in between, you know, a million other suckers. Suckers, are they? Yeah. Suckers who've gone down there uh, to squash up together. I I don't like that many people all in one place. No, I don't. I think think it is... Apparently, it's it's, um, uh, very respectful when you're there. And it's actually... It's quite quite a powerful experience. And it's it's, it's quite quiet. you've not got a load of people doing selfies. No, I don't... I think there'll probably be some. But I think... uh, From what... Hey, if you've been there, 08459 455 555... Um, I, I was tempted because I was in London the other day and I just thought it's going to be so busy. Um, and you're right, you're not going to get the full impact that you get from the pictures, but maybe you, you are missing out the experience. Maybe. Maybe I ought there. to rethink my stance. It's well, not it's, really a stance, it's just a passing thought. It's too late now. It's, it's, um, it's been taken apart. Yeah, I can see a bit, can't I? If you went there, what, did, we, did we miss the vibe? Uh, anyway, later on today at 11 o'clock, there'll be a two-minute silence observed across the country to mark the exact time the guns fell silent at the end of the war. Among the special remembrance events taking place across beds, hearts and bucks is one at Harper Square in Bedford. Taking part will be 93-year-old flight... Now, do we say lieutenant or we say lieutenant, don't we? Yes. Thank you very much. I always get that wrong. Uh, 93-year-old flight lieutenant Paddy Brennan from Bigglesweight. He's a veteran of the Second World War and was awarded the Distinguished Flying Cross. Well, Justin, you are with the gentleman himself, aren't you, Just? I am indeed. I've got to say that uh, when Paddy went to our radio car this morning, he he rushed across the road. He is so fit for a 93-year-old man. It's quite incredible. Uh, Paddy, thank you so much for your time this morning. You're live across beds, hearts and bucks. I I know that people are very, very busy, but at 11 o'clock today, just how important is it that everyone stops what they're doing to remember? It's very important indeed because uh, where I was concerned uh, during the war, the chaps I flew with, I was friendly with many of them and when we got a break to go out of camp as it were, we used to have a couple of jars together, a joke together, laugh together and the next thing is on operations, you come back from an operation and on the operations board you see a blank where they hadn't returned for their operations. And then, of course, you did feel it. And you kept wondering, am I next? Mm. That was the thought always. That's absolutely chilling what you're saying there. How many of your closest friends did you lose yourself? I lost about seven of my friends. All friends that were with me on operations, not only in the Middle East, but also... Uh, in England, in Yorkshire, on 78 Squadron. 
It's a miracle you're still here today because um, you crash-landed back in 1942. Um, what happened that day? Uh, we were detailed to drop a supply to our troops that were stranded in the mountains of Crete after the German invasion in 1941. And um, we took off as normal from our landing ground up in the desert. And just before we arrived at Crete, our starboard engine caught fire. Uh, the, we managed to get the fire out, but the engine was sparking quite a lot and smoke pouring from it as well. So the pilot had to feather the engine, uh, feather the propeller, mm. because it would have been a drag on the aircraft if we kept revolving in that. So he instructed me to leave the turret. I was the front gunner. And uh, what I had to do was to jettison everything which was removable from the aircraft. So I started off with the guns and the ammunition, put them overboard, and then I got uh, the eight oxygen bottles. I had to use the fire axe to cut the the, the tubes that were connected to, put them overboard, and also our flying kit, parachutes and flying kit, as I've said. And, um, and the last thing to go, by the way, was the Elson, and that was it. Well, anyway, we were gradually losing height, and uh, eventually the pilot said to me to remove the Astrodome and to prepare for a crash landing. So you ditched in the sea? Uh, we ditched. Uh, we were about, uh, about this time, as I said, we were losing height all the time, and about 12 miles from the Egyptian coast, uh, the pilot warned me and crew that we were about to ditch. So I took up crash position on the bed, and uh, I'd already removed the, the Astrodome. And when we did hit the, the, the water, uh, I got out and um, the dinghy had been released from the wing and the dinghy was attached by a lanyard to stop it floating away. Mm. So we all got in the dinghy and we're sitting there and we realized that there were no emergency supplies in the dinghy. All that was in there was uh, a heliograph and one paddle. And we're sitting there looking at each other and we suddenly realized we were going down with the aircraft. So the pilot asked, has anybody got a penknife? And the water sub said, yeah, I've got one. Pulls out a penknife, cut the lanyard, and as he did so, the aircraft disappeared. Wow. <laughs> wow, what a story. Um, today, when you're in Bedford and when you see the coverage on TV, just lastly, how proud do you feel knowing that, that you were involved and you served your country? Well, very proud indeed, because um, I knew uh, when I volunteered to join the Royal Air Force in January 1940, I knew that we were next on Hitler's hit list. And I thought, well, I've got to do something about this. And I was dead keen and I volunteered to be trained as a Wallace Operator Air Gunner. 
Incredible stories. You've got your war medals here. What I'm going to do, I'm going to take a, a photograph of yourself with your medals and we'll try and put those on our Facebook page a bit later on. Best of luck for Bedford and thank you so much for your time. It's a real privilege to meet you today. Thank you so much. And thank you very much for coming to visit me. Um, I appreciate it very much indeed. Thank you very much indeed. Wow, what can you say to that? That was uh, Paddy Brennan there, Ian, joining us live. Just some absolutely incredible stories. And I think off the back of hearing that today, I know people are busy, but 11 o'clock, please, let's remember. And let's remember some of these stories as well, like Paddy's just told there. No, he's a legend, isn't he? Absolute legend. Absolutely. I hope I hope you'll be asking him for his musical memories at some point. <laughs> Justin, and get him on yes, the show maybe. on Saturday. What, what a top bloke. Yeah, incredible stuff. Great stuff, Justin. Thank you, mate. Thank you. There we go. Lovely, isn't it? Isn't that good? Hey. Isn't that good? Yeah, I think great. We, we have it tough. I don't, actually. We have it dead easy because of blokes like that. So, well done. How does the two-minute silence work here on the radio? Do we have... Does, does Jonathan pop out for a growler? What happens? Does no, he stands respectfully well, yeah, and okay. thinks about what happened. Blimey. And the emergency tape doesn't kick it. We go to the no. cenotaph, go live to the cenotaph. We do, we do. We do. So, okay. it's not completely silent. So, there's the noise of pigeons. So, I've got any texts, Catherine. Yes, Oh, do you want me to read them? Yes, please. Okay. Yeah, and the ones that have been sent into the show, not just from your family. Uh, this is from Dave. I'm My still family quite husky. don't listen. I'm still My quite... family don't listen. Sorry. I'm still quite husky, aren't I? Yeah, but in a nice way. And I'm getting husky too. Oh, right, dear. I feel a bit husky. Sorry? Nothing. Okay. But I do have some throat speaks here, so no, I'll sort those out in a minute. Yeah, well, that's, maybe we could do that during the news. Maybe you could read... Yeah. Dave said, I'd like to make a comment about being British and lazy. Oh, this is the story oh. that a Hungarian company that's recruiting foreign workers to work in a sandwich factory that uh, provides sandwiches for uh. the likes of Marks and Spencers, Asda and Tesco. Yep. Uh, it says that uh, it's necessary because Brits don't want to do it. Uh, Dave says, I'd like to make a comment about being British and lazy later. Perhaps. Perhaps I'll contact you tomorrow if I can be bothered. Why can't you people let me live yes. my own life? It's not much to ask, says Hilarious Dave. Beautiful. Um, and on the subject of the police being called in to deal with uh, violent dementia patients... Yeah. Actually, I had a really interesting phone call about that. I'll tell you about that in a bit. But, uh, it, but Andrew from High Wycombe says, you expect the police to deal with people who are violent while out of control due to drink, drugs or, or schizophrenia, etc., affecting their brain. So why not Alzheimer's and dementia sufferers? Just because they're old doesn't make it safe for carers to deal with. They're not security guards or prison oh. officers. The police should help. Oh, isn't that interesting? Mm. Isn't that an interesting attitude? First time, and and uh, I, I, I kind of hinted at that earlier on when we spoke to that copper, but... Um, it, thank you for putting... Who, who sent that through? Uh, that's from Andrew in High Wycombe. Thank you, Andrew. That's I had a phone call from a retired police officer who didn't want to come on because yeah. he still works alongside the police. Yeah. And he said, look, we've always done this. Yeah. Before the coalition started cutting the service, we were a police service and we would be happy to intervene with things like that. That's what we were for. But because it's so tight now with, with staff, that's why the complaints are now coming in. That's why now okay. people are, are, are moaning about what the police should and shouldn't be doing. Well, thanks to that, Catherine. We're late for the travel. Well, it was important. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's looking heavy on the A1 southbound from the Gusitni at junction towards the Black Cat roundabout through the roadworks there. Having a look at the motorways, the A1M southbound is very busy between junction 8 for Stevenage and junction 7 for the A602. And on the M1 southbound, it's very heavy at the moment between junction 11 for Dunstable Road and 9 for Redbourne. In Hemel Hempstead, the A41 southbound slow between the Hemel Hempstead turnoff and the M25 junction 20 for Kings Langley on the speed sensors. And in Beaconsfield, the Amersham Road is looking slow between the Lebra Lane 
and London Road. No reports of any problems on the train, Smith Ruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Well, you Britons are just too lazy, says the Hungarians. Are we? Are we lazy? I kind of think we are. I know I am. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock. I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, Wickham Society denies link to terror suspect, new rules for payday lenders and wedding bells for Red Bull boss. BBC Three Counties Radio. The Wickham Islamic Society is distancing itself from the teenager arrested in the town last week on suspicion of being involved in terrorist activity. The 19-year-old named locally as Yusuf Saeed from Desborough Avenue remains in custody. Zahed Javid from the Society told this programme that reports the teenager had handed out leaflets there were not true. If he distributed leaflets outside, it wasn't without, I know nothing of it, but it wasn't without permission. They're a local community group. We wouldn't allow anybody to do that. All the leaflets that are distributed in our centre are checked. First. So, no, no, he, he was never a part of our centre. He's not a part of our organisation. In the past hour, the watchdog, the Financial Conduct Authority, has set out the details of tougher rules for payday lenders. Daily interest rates are to be capped at 0.8% and no borrower will ever pay back more than twice what they borrowed. Police are increasingly being called out to help care home staff restrain dementia patients. Figures obtained by the Health and Social Care Information Centre indicate that poorly trained staff are unable to cope with some patients' behaviour and are calling for police help as a result. Neil Alston chairs the Hertfordshire Police Federation. Police officers are used to dealing uh, as best they can sensitively with people those issues, but but of course the uh, the proper services and, and that's what this report says that the uh, in in terms of care homes that staff need to be properly trained and if staff aren't properly trained if there are shortfalls in any other service uh, then it's the police that get uh, the responsibility in the end. South Korean judges have sentenced the captain of a ferry which sank in April to 36 years in prison. They found him not guilty of homicide but guilty of gross negligence. More than 300 people died when the boat capsized many of them school children. The company behind plans for a waste incinerator in Hertfordshire are being asked to come up with alternative ways of dealing with the county's waste. It follows the government decision to reject planning permission for Veolia's recycling and energy recovery facility at New Barnfield near Hatfield. More from Gail Sanderson. Viola is already challenging the Secretary of State's decision and now the council's asked the company to come up with alternative solutions over the next six months. The council says it has plans in place to deal with waste up to 2021, which gives them enough time to come up with a long-term solution that is environmentally and financially sound. Tributes will be paid today to the British servicemen and women who've died in conflict since the start of the First World War. A silence will be observed by millions of people at 11 o'clock. And the boss of the Milton Keynes Red Bull Formula One team, Christian Horner, is to marry his girlfriend, the former Spice Girl, Jerry Halliwell. Ms Halliwell has revealed the engagement by placing a notice in the Times newspaper. In sport, in last night's FA Cup draw, Milton Keynes Dons were drawn at home to Chesterfield. Luton will be away to Bury. Wickham will host Wimbledon or York. And if Stevenage win their first round replay, they will be away to Wrexham. The weather, a cloudy and murky day, but staying mostly dry. A maximum temperature 14 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. 
Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. From nine. The JVS Show. With the big phone-in, the hottest topic of the day and your consumer problems. From 12. Nick Coffer. With star of the West End, Louise Dearman from Hitchin, talking about her production, Bond and Beyond. From three. Roberto Peroni. I'm here with a roundup of the day's news, the latest travel and your stories. From seven. Mark Forrest. I'll bring you the best bits from everything that's been happening on BBC Local Radio. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. All right, Mark, calm down. Morning. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Busy show this morning. What's going wrong in Wickham? Several people linked with international terrorism. Jihadis seem to be originating from there. Well, what's going on? Britons are lazy. We're lazy, according to the Hungarians. And, well, they're right, aren't they? We are. Speaking for myself, I know, I know the voice croaked. It's still a little bit. Speaking for myself, I'm a very lazy man. I do the bare minimum. And I think a lot of British people do. That's our attitude. I wonder whether there is a minimum expectation of what you'll be doing as a job. Everyone thinks they're worth more. So this scenario is that they are recruiting Eastern Europeans to work in sandwich factories because the Brits don't want to do it. We're above it, apparently. Apparently so. If I was unemployed, I'd, I'd, I'd make sandwiches. Show me that. Well, I mean sandwiches. I've done it in the past. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Two emails on that. Counties Radio. Ken says, uh, to be a bit pedantic, no, never. I don't think you can have degrees of uh, pedantry to be pedantic. But in the context of this story, does British refer to white Caucasians or does it include British people who are ethnically Indian, Pakistani, Chinese, African, etc.? Uh, British people. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and um, who's this emailed in about this? Uh, Ian and Catherine. Well, just me. Well, mostly me. Hey. Go on. Regarding jobs, the sandwich company Greencore... I'm assuming this is the yes, that's the right one. Uh, advert doesn't show hours or terms or pay. Age. They did not properly advertise in Northampton, which is where they're based. What subsidies or grants are they getting? Employing young people gets about £2,500 a year. Have you looked them up on Universal Job Match? Uh, no, I haven't. If you want to do that research for me, you can. I'm a bit busy at the moment. We've also had a text message through from uh, John in London Coney talking about this idea that the police are being increasingly called in to deal with um, violent dementia patients. Morning, John. Yes. Because carers aren't trained to deal with them. Um, John said, I had no idea you could call the police to help restrain dementia sufferers. I currently have a black eye, which is nearly healed, and bandages down my arm from being scratched. I will definitely be calling the coppers next time I have to clean the man who did it. He's a carer from London Coney. Blimey. There's a story, isn't there? Oh, sure, thank you very much. Was that John? Yeah. Thank you for that, John. And, and you know, care, I, I've said this before and I will say it again, carers, we don't pay them enough money. They get, pay, uh, they get paid terribly for doing one of the worst and yet most necessary jobs that, that's required. And care workers is one thing, but there are plenty of people doing what the government has encouraged them to do and looking yep. after loved ones at home, and they're not trained to deal with this either. To put it bluntly, they are going around wiping your husband's, your wife's, your parents' bums. Um, that's the best bit. Uh, and quite often putting up with them when they do get aggressive or racist or violent. Not because that's their nature, but because of the illness kind of removes certain boundaries that, that, that we, we have in place. They do a horrible job. 
you know, they're dealing with people dying a lot. So, so do you think we should be training them better or should we just accept that the police need to include that as part of their service? Give them, right, Nick, give them more money, train them better. And I guess maybe if someone's getting violent and, and they are you, they are literally without reason, you cannot reason with them because they've got Alzheimer's. So this is coming from a, from a, a, a place of no control whatsoever. Then I guess you do call the police. But also, it's one adult against one adult. It's not you and a quote unquote vulnerable person. They yeah. are, you know, they're perfectly yeah. physically able to hurt you. Maybe maybe we're turning a corner with this story. Thank you for that, John. With text 08459 555. Muslim leaders in High Wycombe are calling on the town's young men to stay away from radical groups. It comes as police continue to question a 19-year-old from the town about an alleged terror plot against the UK. And it's not the first time that Wycombe has been linked with Islamist activity. It was the home of one of the men involved in 2006 liquid bomb plot... So there are uh, things going on there. Anthony Gleese is a professor of politics at the University of Buckingham, directs its Centre for Security and Intelligence Studies. Morning, Anthony. Good morning. Luton quite often gets mentioned as, as a, uh, a place we should be keeping an eye on, but, but there are other places. Aylesbury, and we find out today, High Wycombe. Well, yes, indeed. And, um, I mean, this is an alleged plot, the so-called poppy plot. It is an alleged plot. This is the, this is the Yusuf side, yes. He, he's, been, he's been arrested. This, this is alleged. But there are other examples, aren't there, there are, of people there, that there, came there, from High Wycombe? Yes. Well, there are cases, that's the way I would put it myself, there are cases where uh, High Wycombe has been involved, uh, the uh, liquid uh, bomb plot in 2006, for example, Operation Pathway, uh, Operation Crevice, that was the chemical fertiliser oh, bomb plot. That involved people uh, in the same parts of North London and Uxbridge and was centred on Brunel University. We note in the alleged poppy plot that one person from Uxbridge has been arrested there. And yes, you're right, Luton frequently um, features here uh, what used to be the university um, there. Uh, is also known as a, a site of extremist activity, historically speaking. So we can say, I think, there are clusters of extremism. And to people like me, the fact that there are these clusters is extremely significant because it tells you that there is a human factor here. There is an institutional factor. We hear many voices saying, oh, these are lone wolves or they're self-starting, self-radicalization using the Internet. If that were true, there would not be these clusters. No. They're problems and big problems in High Wycombe. Is it, um, is it, what's causing it? Is it High Wycombe? Is it people are are going there? Is it just because there is a a significant Muslim community? So statistically, you will get people who are a little bit dodgy. Well, it could, it could, it could be all those things. I don't think we should just uh, say these people are a little bit dodgy because if the alleged poppy plot truly was a plot, it was a plot to assassinate Her Majesty the Queen on one of the most important days 
in our national life. And we have, just a few months ago, had the so-called supermarket jihadi, Omar Hussein, from High Wycombe, calling from the Islamic State on British Muslims in High Wycombe, and I'm quoting, to rise up and cause terror from within, unquote. So this is extremely serious. If there is an institutional or human factor at work in High Wycombe, it needs to be identified, and the people doing this need to be put behind bars as quickly as possible. It's extremely dangerous situation here. So I would be looking at <clears throat> what is going on, not in communities. I don't even like the phrase community. We're one community here in the United mm. Kingdom, and we're one community in Buckinghamshire and High Wycombe and so on. But it, within these communities, there may well be radical education centers, a particular radical preacher who's speaking out to these young people who are predominantly high school students or university students. But what 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 can you what can be done that's effective? Because let, let's assume that there is, a, is there is a radical preacher, for example. Let's take that as our starting point, and he is starting to influence the minds of young people that the West is corrupt and we should l- launch a war against it. If that fella goes to prison, then those people who've been um, uh, um, turned or, or contemplated turning will go, ah, well, hang on, he was right. Look, the West have put him into prison just for speaking his mind isn't isn't that going to make more people angrier i don't i don't think so i mean I, you know this is a really really difficult question you're 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 putting to me quite early in the morning i know well, i do apologize I, Anthony. I'm sorry. I, I have to say it keeps me it keeps me awake uh, often at night because i think it is a really really important issue we cannot have young british muslims being radicalized not uh, you know whether they're 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 UKIP supporters or, or liberal democrat. It's not that kind of division. This is a fundamental division. You go to fight for the Islamic State. You're going to fight for a state that rapes, that pillages, that beheads, that condemns women to servitude. It's it's not just any old decision. It is a fundamental decision. Now, in my view, the people who do this radicalization are criminals. However. You're absolutely right that if, if we send these people to prison, all they will do will be to radicalise other prisoners. I think the time really has come for this country to have a big discussion about this, along with everything else it's having a big discussion about, and to say to these people, look, if you want to go to fight for the Islamic State, here's your passport, go, but don't come back. You have turned your back on the United Kingdom and its values, go and live in the Islamic State, go and live in an Islamic State where you feel comfortable. And in return, let us have the Christians from uh, the, the, the Middle East and Pakistan whose lives are being made a misery by being persecuted in an Islamic culture because they are Christians. Let's, you know, let's be entirely honest about this. People who don't like this country should not be required to live here or uh, sent to prison if they want to live in an Islamic state. Let them go. In God's name, let them go. And we'll have to get you on for longer one morning because I love chatting to you. Thank you. I have so many questions off the back of that last statement and we haven't got time, but we'll, we'll definitely get Anthony back. Anthony Gleese, uh, Professor of Politics at the University of Buckingham, directs its Centre for Security and Intelligence Studies and is always uh, an excellent listen. 
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A1 is looking slow southbound from the St. Neots Junction through the Black Cat roundabout through the roadworks there. On the A1M southbound, it's very busy at the moment between Junction 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage. And the M1 southbound is heavy between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and Junction 9 for Redbourne. Having a look at the M25, anti-clockwise is very slow between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. And on the M40 northbound, it's slow between the Denham roundabout coming off the A40 heading towards the M25 as well. In Amersham, Gore Hill is looking very busy at the junction for the A40 at London Road as well. In Wendover, the London Road is very slow southbound and also in Wingrave. Wingrave crossroads are looking very heavy between the Winsgrave, uh, Winslow Road and Aylesbury. There's no reports of any problems at the moment though on the train. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. It's 8.16. It is Tuesday, the 11th of November. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Wickham Islamic Society is distancing itself from the teenager arrested in the town last week on suspicion of being involved in terrorist activity. The Financial Conduct Authority has set out the details of tougher rules for payday lenders. And police are increasingly being called out to help care home staff restrain dementia patients, as according to figures released today. BBC Three Counties Radio. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. He's got the lurgy. Oh, I have. There's a lot of it going around. I've not had one of those good nights. You know what I mean, when you kind of wake up several times and you think, oh, where am I? Yeah. This is all a bit odd. Yeah. It's one of those odd nights. Oh, really? Yes. But I'm here. Well, Battling on. Just. Struggling on in a cruel world. You look tired and old, I'll be honest. Oh, thanks a lot. Your eyes look puffy and... um, Yes. You look very grey. Yes, I felt better. But, but you know, that's the thing about us men. We don't go on about it, do we? You know, there is a theory. You know people talk about man flu or men can't handle... Mm. Well, well ha- there is a theory that men feel colds worse than women feel them. And so that the, the, their moaning and their whinging is actually because they, a cold is a different experience for a man than it is for a woman. Right. So laugh it up, fuzzballs. I think how I would sum it up is yeah. normally when I'm healthy, yeah. I feel so good. You're annoyingly good. I really do. I feel very healthy. I'm a healthy feeling person. Yeah. And then when I get a cold, it has a big effect on me because I feel very unwell. See, I never feel particularly healthy. Do you not? No. Oh. I'm a lethargic, tired, very grumpy man. I, <laughs> I can't wait till I'm really old because I'm going to be so miserable. Are you? Oh, I'm going to love it. I'm going to tell off kids at bus stops. I'm going to waggle my walking stick. It's going to be brilliant. Do you think when you're old, you'll end up in that home for old show business people where oh. Norman Wisdom ended? Oh, I hope so. I think Richard O'Sullivan is there as well. Mm. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to. Would you like that? Yeah, it'd be fantastic. All the fun you'd have there. Although, Norman Wisdom's passed on now, hasn't he? Yes. Okay, well, that's good. Don't be good. I just mean, <laughs> no, I, just, I don't mean that at all. It just, I mean, he was, Norman Wisdom was annoying, wasn't it? I don't mean that. Like, I'll get so many complaints. I don't mean that. That was a slip of the tongue. Yeah. But he was annoying, wasn't he? I mean, he wasn't funny. Norman? Yeah, it wasn't funny. Oh, you, I, I don't, I'm not sure I want you to take me down this alley. Really? Norman Wisdom, he was of his time, wasn't he? I mean, he's not... Oh, look, listen to your BBC way of saying you don't no, think he was funny. No, but it's true. I mean, if, his time. if you watch the, the Carry On films now, 
you know, you were funny. falling off your chair. No. But at the time, you know, they were boundary breaking, a little bit amusing, weren't they? <laughs> boundary breaking? What the <laughs> they hell were. are you talking lots about? Of, lots of they were bra strap breaking. That yes, was it. Boobies. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard you say the word boobies before. Yeah, but that's what it was all about, really, wasn't it? Norman Wisdom, carry on films, were they ever funny? No, 08459 455 But you've got very bizarre, you don't find only fools and horses No, funny. I don't find it funny, it's awful. It's hilarious. The only bit that's funny is the man that calls the, 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 the tall man uh, Dave. I like that. As an ongoing gag. What about crying? Oh, that was awful. over you. It was, it was signposted up from like the first minute of the show that that was going to be the punchline. Oh, we dropped the wrong crying, chandelier. Crying, crying, crying. It was hilarious. I didn't like it when they got wives. Oh. So that was in the... Uh, you watched quite a lot for someone who didn't find it very oh, funny. There was nothing else on telly in the 80s, <laughs> was there? Anyway. I see. What's on your show this morning, boss? Uh, well, I noticed something you've been talking about as well this morning. It's the front page of today's Daily Mail. You Britons are just too lazy. Yep. The paper says that British firms are forced to hire foreign staff because workers here are not prepared to stand in a factory for 8 to 12 hours and find it easier to live on benefits. Sandwich maker, Green, uh, Green Core Group, which supplies Marks & Spencer, Waitrose, Sainsbury's, Tesco and Asda, is seeking staff from Eastern Europe because it cannot find locals willing to do the work. Well, this morning from nine, here's my question to you. Is the Daily Mail right that British people are too lazy to do low-skilled jobs. It's their front page. Yeah. They're saying that British people are too lazy. Have they got it right? Yes. You think they have? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, 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 part B of that question I, well, uh, would be, uh, why? Why are we so lazy? And I think, that, I think that, that, that a lot of British people are lazy. Well, from nine, I'll see if you agree with Ian. 08459 Is the Daily Mail right that British people are too lazy to do low-skilled jobs? Three County Sport isn't just about hearing your team in action. In action. Seals a famous victory here! What drama we've had! It's about the managers. I'll make the most of your openings, and we, we perhaps haven't done that, and, and haven't done it so far this season, if I'm honest. I'm honest. The players. We know we need to be better. We're not being complacent. We'll find a solution that will get us playing how we was last season, how the fans expect us to be playing. And the fans. I'm getting seriously concerned we could end up back where we started. Every day, we bring you latest news on your local team. Wickham Wanderers remain fifth in League Two after a nil-nil draw with Berry. Stevenage lost 3-2 at home against York. Three County Sport, keeping you up to date with Luton, Watford, MK Dons, Stevenage and Wickham every day of the week on BBC Three Counties Radio. We'll, we'll take your calls on that because I, I, the front page is you Britons are just too lazy. I, I, do, I think we are. I, I kind of take that as read that we are. Why are we so lazy? I don't like... I, listen, I, if I had the money, I would never work again. You know, I would never work again. I don't like... I'm lucky I do a job that I really enjoy, actually. But I don't like the... I don't like working. I like being at home, watching telly, playing Xbox, playing with my boys. If I had a proper job, I would go nuts. Nuts. But uh, my dad and my mum... Uh, instilled that kind of work ethic in me. And I got, a, I got a Saturday job when I was 15, as soon as I could. Hated it. B-Jams. Ha- B- was it B-Jams? Hated working in B-Jams. Hated um, stacking shelves and filling the freezers. Hated having to do the stock check in the freezer every Saturday. But I did it. I did it. I went and I did it. I went and did eight hours every Saturday and three hours every Friday night. Do you know what my Saturday jobs t- uh, taught me? Go on. Have a laugh at work, for heaven's sake. It doesn't matter what you're doing. If you've got a mate yeah. at work, if you've got a couple of mates you can have a laugh with, you can get through anything. You've got, you got mates here. I'd love to meet them. Um, 
Uh, they're out. But, um, yeah, I used to work in some pretty uh, miserable kind of environments where the bosses didn't treat us very well, but we would always have a laugh. Yeah. They're my headphones. Oh, OK, fine, I'll stop playing with mine. Uh, I, 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 and you get on with it. Do you know what? Sometimes you just got to get on with it. JBS is asking at nine, are uh, the Britons too lazy? He's asking that question. I'm going to kind of, for the next 30 minutes, I'm going to take that as read that we are, unless you strongly disagree. I'm going to ask, why are we so lazy? Why are we so lazy? I think we all want to be famous now, don't we? Do you think... That's that- not a bad point. That's not a bad We're point. We're all over it. We're all above it. We're that's all secretly stars, but no one's noticed. So, well, is that a new phenomenon, though? Because we talk about the X Factor and uh, the, 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 the Britain's Got Talent. New faces, anybody? Um, do you know who I blame for my, my secret stardom? Go on. Fame. Oh, yeah. Leroy. When I was about six, I was bought the Fame makeup set. What? Yeah. Uh, and well, Fame had- costs. And here's where you start paying yeah. in sweat. In sweat. I didn't get sweat. I got sweat bands and free leg warmers with it. I had leg warmers. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Necessary. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Your leg warmer stories, please. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. They're quite low. They're quite low already. How's that? 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 Okay. Well, that's not doing anything. A bit busy doing a radio show. Now, big story we've been talking about all morning. It's being claimed that a lack of trained carers means police officers are increasingly being called out to help restrain dementia patients. The Health and Social Care Information Centre suggests that a significant proportion of staff are unable to uh, cope with some patients' behaviour. Joined now by Jan Burt, whose husband was diagnosed with dementia nine years ago. Uh, And this experience led you to begin campaigning in Hertfordshire, didn't it, Jan? What what have you been campaigning for? I've been... Oh, hi, Ian. Morning. That's all right. Morning. Um, I've been campaigning for admiral nurses. Now, what's an admiral nurse? I've not heard of those. Okay, they're specialist mental health nurses who look after the carer as well as the person who is diagnosed with dementia. Ah, that's interesting because you're you're so right. So often the focus is on the person who is sick, but with dementia, with lots of other conditions as well, the the, the person next door, the, the, the carer and the immediate family, they suffer a lot as well, don't they? Yes, they do. Uh, it affects their lives. Um, a lot of friends don't know how to deal with the situation, so you tend to find out who your real friends are. Even family, they tend to be reticent to come forward and help because they just don't know how to. Can I, uh, do you mind sharing your husband's name? Victor. Victor. So when did you first notice changes in Victor? Um, it was about ten years ago. He kept repeating lots of things. And we just put it down to um, old age, really. Mm. Not that he's old. <laughs> um, but we went and had a diagnosis, um, and he had a MRI scan, and they found that he had frontal lobe dementia, which is one of the rarer forms of dementia. Oh, gosh. What, 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 what's so different about that? Is there a difference? It's more behavioural than memory loss. Right, OK. To start with. How does it affect his behaviour? What kind of th- things have you had to deal with? I have to admit that in my husband, um, he's become much calmer. Um, he's not aggressive at all. In fact, aggression is not a sign of a, or a symptom of dementia. It's just an inevitable part of the process for this debilitating illness. And wh- where does that come from? Is it frustration? Wh- 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 where do we think that, that, that the aggression comes from? Because it does happen, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, people with dementia may become aggressive. However, so can any person. Mm. person whose needs are not met people who feel a lack of control over their situation and are unable to make choices, people who lack quality of life and are not engaged in meaningful occupation 
um, all the more likely to become aggressive. Mm. And this is to do more with the human condition and not the dementia. Yeah. How is how is Victor now, Jan? What, what, what's, he, what's he like? Um, he can't talk. He can't walk. Um, but he seems happy in his own self. And that's all I could ask for, really. And he's, is he aware? No. No. No, that uh, left him about 18 months ago, I think. Oh, dear, I'm so sorry. Is he still at home with you, Jan, or has he moved? No, he's still home with you. He's still home. Yeah. That must be so hard for you, the person that you've shared your life with, seeing them, um, I, I hope this is the right word, seeing them disappear inside themselves. It is. I mean, they say you lose your, you, you lose your loved one twice, and it's true. You lose them, first of all, to the dementia, because then they don't know who you are. And then, of course, inevitably, you lose them because they die. Mm. I saw it happen with my granddad, and it is just, um, you know, that first time he didn't recognise me or even my mum. Oh, you know, it, uh, it's heartbreaking. How have the, uh, the Admiral nurses helped you? To be fair, I've never had help from an Admiral nurse because we had a trial run in Stevenage, but because I live in Welling, oh. I mean, I was part of getting that trial up and running. Um, but because I lived in Wellin, I didn't have access to the Admiral nurse, although I got to know her and, yeah. um, you know, if I had any problems, I'd just chat them through with her. Oh dear, so you, you, so you're doing this pretty much on your own? Yes. <coughs> Gosh. But then, as I say, my husband is quite manageable, yeah. whereas I, you know, we, I belong to a support group and other people have more difficulties with the, their loved one with dementia as opposed to me. So I feel lucky in some respects. Mm. Jan, I really appreciate you sharing your story with us this morning. It's, it's, you've really given us a, 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 a very personal insight into this condition. Oh, thank you. Well, thank um, you. If I people... mean, we were talking about the police and all of that, which is the main, you know, whether they should become involved yeah. at all. And I just think it's inappropriate um, due to lack of training for staff in the care home. They should not become a part of social services. Do you think that, that we... Sorry, you're right, we got completely sidetracked and, and talking about you and Victor. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, do you, do you, what do you, where do you think that problem lies then? Is it lack of training for carers? Is it, carers? Is it lack of funding? It's lack of training. Mm. Um, the nurses should develop uh, good practice, reduce uh, stress reaction, mm. reduce the use of inappropriate antipsychotic medication to manage people, and treat them with dignity and respect. Um, Dignity and respect, yes, and, and caring. I think those are the three yeah. key words in these situations. Of life and drive standards forward. Um, Jan, what is it? We're, we're, we're a little bit late for the travel, but I think they can wait. I'm just fascinated. What, what, what is your day with Victor? How does, how does your day pan out? Um, getting up about... Um, I've just had a hand operation, unfortunately. Oh, I've had a trapeziectomy. So I actually have carers who come and get him up about half past 11. Yeah. Um, and because they're not allowed to lift because of health and safety of course, risks, yeah. um, he has to remain upstairs at the moment, whereas when I look after him, I bring him downstairs. And then he just sits and watches the television, although I'm not sure how much he takes in. Mm. Um, and then we put him back upstairs to bed again in the evening. But we, I mean, we still go out. I, we can't go out at the moment because I can't drive. Mm. But, um, you know, we still go out. Uh, we've got a local pub at the bottom of our road who are very good. And we go there for a meal occasionally, especially in the summer when the weather's nicer. Um, and just carry on as normal a life as we can. That's all we can try and do. You know, it's about seeing the person first and the dementia second. 
Jan, I've, I've, I've got to move on because we're already late for the, the, the travel and the news, but uh, I really appreciate you, you sharing yours and Victor's story. It's, um, I'm sure that will have touched a lot of people. 08459 455 555. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. You're just hearing that the Amersham Road in Amersham is partially blocked because of an accident that's involving two vehicles at Cokes Lane. In Kempston, the Bedford Southern Bypass is blocked, reported to be blocked near the Marshallese Roundabout. And looking at the motorways, the A1M southbound's busy between Junction 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage. Also, the M25 anti-clockwise is slow between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. And on the M40 northbound, it's very slow from the Denham Roundabout coming off towards the M25. Having a look at the trains, there's no report of any problems at the moment, Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. With the headlines, I'm Simon Oxley. The Wickham Islamic Society is distancing itself from the teenager arrested in the town last week on suspicion of being involved in terrorist activity. The society say reports the teenager handed out leaflets there are not true. The Financial Conduct Authority has set out the details of tougher rules for payday lenders. Daily interest rates are to be capped at 0.8% and no borrower will ever pay back more than twice what they borrowed. And tributes will be paid today to the British servicemen and women who've died in conflict since the start of the First World War. A silence will be observed by millions of people at 11 o'clock. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Last night's FA Cup second round draw produced home ties for Milton Keynes Dons and Wickham with an away tie for Luton and possibly Stevenage. The ties will be played over the weekend of December the 6th and 7th. More from Jeff Doyle. MK Dons are at home to fellow League One side Chesterfield. The Spireites knock six past Braintree at the weekend. Luton Town have a difficult tie away to fellow League Two promotion contenders Berry. The Shakers beat Hemel Hempstead in the first round. Wickham will also play a fellow League Two side, the winners of York versus AFC Wimbledon. And if Stevenage beat Maidstone in their replay next week, they'll play away to conference team Wrexham. And Stevenage's replay at Maidstone will be played next Thursday, November the 20th, and will be shown live on BT Sport, earning the Borough an extra £34,000. Their league game at Northampton will still go ahead on Saturday the 22nd. Seven months after being sacked as manager of Manchester United, David Moyes has been named as the new boss of the Spanish side Real Sociedad. The 51-year-old has signed an 18-month deal at the club, who are 15th in La Liga. Novak Djokovic claimed a straight-sets victory over the US Open champion Marin Cilic in his opening round robin match at the World Tour Finals at the O2 Arena. Roger Federer plays again this afternoon with Andy Murray against Milos Raonic this evening. Here's Russell Fuller. Another straight sets match. All four so far have failed to go the distance. Would suit Andy Murray just fine, as long as this time he's on the winning side. Murray was alarmingly lacklustre against Kane Ishikori on Sunday, just as he was in his previous outing on home soil against Grigor Dimitrov in the Wimbledon quarterfinal. A straight sets win may be essential with Roger Federer still to play. Murray is habitually a great returner, but has lost three of his four matches against Raonic and his big, potent serve. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at nine. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Lots to talk about. Let's have a little recap. Shall we reset our stall as some of our fruit has fallen on the floor? Okay, let me dust this one off. Go on. Lazy Brits. Uh, Yeah, the front page of The Sum. 
you Britons are just too lazy. This is what Hungary is saying to us after the story yesterday that um, uh, uh, they've had to... A a sandwich-making company has farmed out the work to Hungarians because Brits wouldn't do it. I don't think there's any question about Brits being lazy. I think we are. I think there is an element of us all being huge stars in our own heads and being too good for certain jobs. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I remember years ago, my granddad was out of work. Um, He used to work at Brook Bonds. And he used to work on the forklifts. Oh, yeah. And he got made redundant. He contemplated doing all kinds. And yes, even working at a sewage factory. He said, I'd rather shovel you know what than go on the dole. Where's that? Did he contemplate everything? Virtually everything. Wowzers. But he'd rather have, you know, nothing was too good. You know, he he would rather do anything than go on the dole. I haven't spoken face to face with a young person since I was young, about 25 years ago. They're all in the queue for X Factor. You don't count, Kels, because your uh, age begins with a three now. Yeah, yeah she's not three. Let's pretend anymore. Um, so I, uh, 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 so I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe I've got this wrong, and maybe I'm just getting this from reading the mail and, and watching X Factor and stuff like that. I don't think I have. You don't see, you don't see kids doing a paper round anymore. It's always some old fella. You don't. You certainly don't see kids delivering free newspapers. Maybe they don't exist, and you don't see kids working in the butchers or the grocers on a Saturday. So I think we are lazy. What, Irene, why are we so lazy? I'm going to stop you right now, and I have got to go to work in a minute anyway. We are not lazy, and you cannot um, bring everybody into the same brush. You can't target everybody to the same brush. One of the things that's going on now is age discrimination, and that I can prove, I can tell you. I have a son who lives in London... He's unemployed at the moment, goes for interviews, interviews... He's lazy. He's lazy, Irene. Pardon? He's lazy. No, he's not. He's a lazy boy. No. He's 49. No, he's not. He's always worked. He interviews his last... He's a lazy man. ...recently and up at the BBC. Oh, yeah. He was victimised by a, um, a university... Graduate yeah. who has never worked and doesn't even know the job. What was the job he was going for? Um, well, my, my job, my son had uh, the, the interview, first and second and third callbacks. Yeah. Um, he was up for two types of jobs, one in catering, one in caretaking. Right. And um, they brought him back, and then the, the, the boss, the one that interviewed him, the third time said they were giving it one to the the caretaking to the young lad yep. who was nineteen had not even lived in this country. And well, that's the other fa- one well, hang on, so, so hang on. for the catering. So hang on a second. So the other the nineteen year old was a foreign lad, was he? Yes. Well, you just proved the point. He's obviously going to work harder. Well, no, because He's, we're, the Brits are lazy. Work. The Brits are lazy. Oh come on, Ian! Oh, you want to get me very cross because I work. I'm my age, Your and generation. I've worked since I was 12 year old. Blimey, you must be tired. Well, my mother died. I had to to keep a home for my dad. OK, but your generation... It's, we're talking more, Irene, Yeah, about, my lad has always worked. Yeah, we're talking more about younger people, though. People, David has always worked. Okay. Honestly, honestly, I'm not telling you lies. No, no, I can no, give you a, a thing of his... I don't, his, his, I don't need his CV. I don't need to see his, his uh, curriculum vitae. But, no, I know. No. But, I mean, I wish people would not always target everybody the same. And there is a no. discrimination but, but, now. But, but, but younger people, younger people... Well, he'll be... Yeah, but 
he needs a job. He's got he two does. children. I know he does. I know he does. And, I, and well done to him for keep going out I and mean, looking. He, dis- he's oh, not blimey. 50. He's 50 in April. Oh, dear. You've given his age and away. And I mean, what does that put him on the scrap heap? No, it then shouldn't. he gets stole money. No, he sh- it shouldn't put him on the scrap heap. I'm, well, it does. Oh, blimey. Yeah, I know. It shouldn't. But that's not. we're not talking about age discrimination. We're yeah, talking I about... know. Where you people don't even know that goes on. And they it don't want to know. I know it goes on. What do you mean, you people? <laughs> what does that... Anyway. Well, no, I mean, focus. not necessary to you, but Thank you. I mean, people Irene, don't. F- but focus. We're talking more about younger people, say people like 30 and under, who are dead lazy, and that foreigners, Europeans, people from other... from the Commonwealth... Yeah, when well, they and, come here... Yes, and, and do the jobs that no-one else will do. Yeah, but they come here... And do and the jobs that no-one else will do. They get some money to get here and live here. People that haven't got a job, they, they don't do that. You do get, yes, young ones that don't want to work. I know that. I'm I, quite aware of that. Good luck, Do you Kath. know what? I've just had an idea. Oh, yeah? I think I know why. I think I know why the young people are too good for packing sandwiches. Go on. We're all intellectual giants these days. Anybody been to uni- can pack a sandwich. Well, I know, but they all think they're too good for it, Irene, because they've all been to university. I've been in catering, I've been in nursing, I did night nurse, and I've done loads of voluntary and other jobs. And work for a racing driver. We're not... Always work. Which racing driver did you work for? James Hunt. Oh, Oh, really? Oh, Irene! I've always worked here. He was James Hunt. James, I'm going to... James Hunt was a bit of a smoothie, wasn't he? Uh, (laughs) Did he ever, Irene? that giggle? Yeah, that little girly giggle. Did he ever... (laughs) Try and um, get you well, into first yeah, gear. Yeah, family pole, actually. Pole so, position, as well as him. But, yeah. Did you ever see his pole position? Don't be grubby. I'm really cross that. All right, you all know, right. I well, know the young, some young ones are lazy, and I know what they are, but my lad is not a young one, and I'm feeling for him. Well, Irene, of course you do. You're a mum, and you never stop feeling well, for him. I mean, he he's sounds not like a good lad. And he's on the scrap heap, well, and it's not fair. If he keeps. He, listen, it sounds like he's got the right idea, and if he keeps trying, think Well, he's always been mm-hmm. brought up to work. He's worked from the time he left school. Well, I, I bet he maybe he did it to get a bit of peace. Irene? He's done loads of work, and he's even done the Duke of Edinburgh, so there you are. Well, Irene, listen, you've done a good job with your so lad. I brought up mm. my kids, but you've, I don't like everybody no. being targeted you've, that way. OK, well, I, I exclude your boy. Not David, everyone else. Everyone else okay, is lazy, no. not your boy. You've done a good job sticking up for your boy, Irene. Well okay, done. OK, no. Bless you, love. Thank Bye. you. Ta-ta. There we go. You don't want to. You don't want to mess with people like Irene. Just <laughs> oh, she was on fire! What a fantastic call I'll, that I'll was. Honest, Thoroughly enjoyed that. I'll be honest, she pwned me. Yeah, she did. She pwned yeah, me all the way. There is something in this, though, isn't there? That now everyone's gone to university. Who wants to pack a sandwich? Mm. Yeah. People think they are better than that. So well, they're not. M- Melissa's in Luton. Morning, Melissa. Good morning. What, what do you want to say? I don't think it's fair to say all young people are lazy. Um, I'm 23. You're I lazy. <laughs> what are you doing now? Why aren't you at work now? <laughs> I'm on my way to work. I'm stuck in traffic and you're on my hands free, so don't worry. Okay, that's that's um, that's good. <laughs> I started waitressing at 13. I've always had a job since I was 13. Um, even during my GCSE years and my A-level years, I still work. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm 23 now. I've got a little girl. She's free. Um, I went back off my maternity early um, oh. because it just wasn't enough money. And um, I'm now a preschool teacher, and not only do I work in the day at preschool, um, I work in at a local nightclub to earn extra money. And what, what are you doing at a local nightclub? Just, um, I take money on the door. Okay. Yeah. 
But okay, well you're you're the exception that proves the okay, rule. So not David and not Melissa. Not David. Right. Can we compile a list of people who are not lazy? So so far I've we've got, got plenty of friends that work the same amount of hours. Um, one of my best friends, he's the same age as me. And, and what are their manages, names for our list? Um, his name's Abbott. Abbott. All right, but listen, but you're doing you're doing a, a, a skilled job. You're a preschool teacher. That's a skilled, yeah. important job. Okay. Yeah. Would you if you couldn't have if you couldn't get that job, would you go and make sandwiches for eight hours yeah. a day? Yeah, I'd clean toilets, whatever. I'd um, when I was at college, I had a cleaning job. I cleaned um, the uh, the new, um, the Luton on Sunday offices when I was at college. I'm sorry to hear that. My, uh, <laughs> oh no, we like that paper. We like that paper. Well. She yeah. uh, she also cleaned it. Uh, she cleaned the college toilet. When, when you were growing up, you said you had a job at 13, which I, 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 I think is illegal. When you, <laughs> when you, I had a job at 15. All yeah. of my mates, and this was, this, was, this was 26 years ago, all of my mates had oh. jobs. Yeah, morning. Yeah. morning. All of my mates had jobs when I was 15, 16. Did, did your mates have jobs? Um, some of them did. Um, all of the girls that worked at um, the restaurant, which I worked at on the, on the weekend, we were all within sort of the same age, so we were between... 13 and 17. Yeah. So on the weekend, it was all sort of Saturday girls, and in the holidays, we all worked. Then why... OK, well. then why... I think it was... it Was it Starbucks or Pret that was in the paper the other day because most of their staff are, are continentals? are Spanish, I think. They have a high percentage of Spanish. Maybe Pret, because I was in Pret yesterday. So um, why, then, are, are, are some sandwich places employing primarily uh, uh, Continentals. Why are all of the carers at my mum's home, most of the carers yeah, at my mum's home, grandmother. Polish or Japanese, bizarrely, why are, you know, when you go by, past a building site, do you hear um, Eastern European accents? What, why is that the case then? Why aren't... I think in, I think in some... Um, in some there, there is this attitude amongst young people with, oh, I'm not doing that job. Yeah. But then I know, I know a young lad, he's... Um, He's a uh, sort of a builder, and he struggles to get work, and he will work as many hours as you give him. And I don't know whether it's, it is that um, age discrimination sort of thing where it's, oh, yeah, they're young sort of thing, but there is young people out there trying to get jobs, and it is hard. But are they are they being realistic? Are are they aiming for jobs that they're not going to get? You know that they want to be, um, oh, I don't know. They want to be pop stars, or they want they, they, yeah. they don't, they don't want to start at the bottom. They don't want to go to companies no, think, and, yeah, and clean yeah, toilets. I some ca- yeah, I think in some cases there is, and I think in others there's not. I know people that um, when I was eighteen, I lifeguarded, and I know people that were gone from clean job um, at the at the pool, and it was given to a Polish gentleman. He was lovely, but you know. It, it, other people also went for the job and they didn't get okay. it. So I don't, I don't really know what it is. Okay. Listen, I've got, I've got to move on because I've been late for the travel every single time I've hit it this morning. So, so far, David, Melissa and Adam, they are excluded, but every other Brit is lazy. 08459 455 555. Justin, stay there. We'll come to you after this. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Longwick, the A4219 is blocked in both directions between Walnut Tree Lane and Haddenham Road. That's because of an accident causing long queues, three vehicles involved there, and that's following an accident near the Ilmer turning. In Amersham, the A413 Amersham Road is partially blocked in both directions because of an accident at Cokes Lane. That's causing queues to Stanley Hill. On the M40 northbound, it's looking very slow from the Denham roundabout towards the M25 coming off the A40 heading towards the M25. And on the M25, anti-clockwise, it's very 
slow between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. Having a look at the speed sensors on the M1 northbound is very heavy between Junction 13 for Bedford and 14 for Milton Keynes. And in Kempston, the Bedford Southern Bypass reports that it's blocked near the Marshallese roundabout at the moment, although we're just hearing, sorry, that that has just cleared. On the trains, there's no reports of any problems at the moment. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. So, OK, we take it as read. Apart from David, Melissa and Adam, the Brits are lazy. We know that, we accept that. Why are they so lazy? 08459 455 555. 847, it's Tuesday the 11th of November. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Wickham Islamic Society is distancing itself from the teenager arrested in the town last week on suspicion of being involved in terrorist activity. The Financial Conduct Authority has set out the details of tougher rules for payday lenders. And tributes will be paid today to the British servicemen and women who've died in conflicts since the start of the First World War. Coming up, we'll speak to Justin Dealey. We'll find out what people on the streets have said, and we may even speak to you. But before that, let's get the weather. Here's Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello there. Well, for some of us, it's a brighter start than for others where there's more cloud around and cloud does build elsewhere anyway. Basically, the further east you are, the less there will be to start off the day. Uh, we've got rain coming in later on. That's going to be uh, fairly patchy and light for the most part. There may just be a couple of heavy bursts within it with uh, southeasterly wind that's a little bit breezy with highs of 13 degrees Celsius. And a cloudy night follows. The rain continues with lows of 10 degrees, so very mild. Tomorrow, a cloudy start to the day. Still some of that shade showery rain around. However, come the afternoon, the uh, cloud does break up. It dries up as well and we should see some sunny spells developing with highs of 13 degrees Celsius. Still fairly breezy, but the winds should be lighter. On Thursday, it is looking drier. There'll be varying amounts of cloud though, but uh, it's much wetter for Friday and Saturday. That's your latest forecast. Give it to me, Coffer. Every weekday from 12, Nick Coffer brings you... The wickedly funny Anne on, on Strictly Come Dancing. <laughs> Do you know who the real Anne is? Great guests. Yes, the real Anne is an amalgam of all these things. We're all multifaceted. Jasper Carrot's career spans five decades. And then you had to wear a bow tie and you had to do jokes about silly Irishmen and, and, and mother-in-laws. John Cleese is eating his microphone, aren't you, John Cleese? Delicious. Mm. Great music. Ow! In fact, I don't even think it had the horn part then. Great comedy. Conversations. I always have said throughout my career, you know, you get me on board, I'll give you 100%. Have you still got it, Billy Ocean? Well, the audience seems to think I have. Nick Coffer, weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. OK, so, Brits are lazy. I th- I, I, I'm kind of taking... Oh, sorry, am I just... Talking about Diane von Fustenberg. Who? Diane von Fustenberg. Oh, the lead singer from um, that band? No, the creator of the rap dress. And I mean a wrap around dress hey. rather than a hey dude. Hey, hey, Justin. Rap, rap, rap. Yo. Rap, rap is mm. good for you. Absolutely, of where, course it is. Where did I see that story? Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Don't yo, pa- yo, yo, yo. Ian Lee flying like a bee. That's a bit offensive. Speaking of rap, it's not technically a rap story, but... Uh, did you see who got arrested yesterday? Who? On an aeroplane. Yes, oh. she's not a rapper. No, I know. She's a musician. Did you have to let it linger? Did, did you have to? Did you have to? Did you have to let it linger? Oh, oh, I oh. want the world for ye. 
And I didn't can watch a sailor oh, no. day no, about no. that. You're enough now. Dolores <laughs> O'Riordan. Why? She got to, she stomped, she allegedly stomped, that'll cover us. She allegedly stomped on an air stewardess's foot. <laughs> Never wow. do that. Never do that. But why? Why, why would you do that? Cross, well, well, it bought, it bought me the time I needed. Hip hop can help treat de- depression. <laughs> uh, I don't think so because it will make me more depressed because it's rubbish. What? Salt and pepper. With its links it to cherry. With its links to gangs, drugs, and guns, hip hop music has never. This is from the um, uh, the Telegraph. So it's proper. They know about this stuff. Hip hop music has never professed to be beneficial for health, but Cambridge University psychiatrists. Still haven't got a higher register. Believe that hip hop therapy could help people with depression. I think it can help. Would you like to hear why I think that? Let's listen to what the experts say, then let's get your completely (laughs) off the wall (laughs) thoughts. In an article in The Lancet, the team claims that lyrics that speak of overcoming hardships offer a refuge for the desperate and that rapping about problems acts as an emotional outlet. Oh. Quotes, Dr. Akim Sewell. Much of hip-hop comes from areas of DJ great... DJ Akim. Socio- ...socio-economic deprivation. So it's inevitable that its lyrics will reflect the issues faced by people brought up in these areas, including poverty, marginalisation, crime and drugs. I so- think it can help. Would you like to hear how I think it can help? I mean... Uh... Because a lot of hip-hop is bragging about what you have. Yes, and so if you did it, you'd feel really, you'd feel better about yourself. Well, you I got the car. I got a house. I got a gun. Bang, 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 bang. No, I don't think this is really about hip hop. I think this is about having a creative outlet for your emotions, which is always going to be. No, it's listening to hip hop. Guys, can I just say, Justin? Yes, it's been a very long time since I've done this. The last time I got my ghetto blaster out and took it onto the streets was with Chaz and Dave. I put it to you, maybe yeah. tomorrow or later in the week. Maybe later I, in, in the in the in the century, okay, yes. Okay, maybe uh, um, with JVS. Yeah, mm. uh, I go onto the streets with my ghetto blaster, playing hip hop music, and I shall get the thoughts of people on the street, whether it makes them feel happier. How about that? Sounds like a, a Wednesday. Uh, uh, Wednesday uh, wand off. A Wednesday yeah. wand off, we'll call that. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. Why not? Beautiful, we'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, but excellent. today, Justin, what have you done today? Well, you've been talking about uh, lazy British workers on the front page of the Mail this morning. Yeah. Uh, a few weeks ago, I found this fascinating. I spoke to foreign workers and I asked them whether they thought British workers were lazy. Every single one of them said yes. And they were shocked at just how lazy the workers were. Well, this morning, I've been in Biggleswade. I've been asking employers about whether the Brits are lazy. Again, some very interesting views coming up here. Here's what people had to say. Now, Colin, you're up bright and early. You're working on the market. In your experience of employing people, are people out there just too lazy? Uh, yes, in my in my opinion, they are too lazy. But then it's made, they make it too easy for them to not work, don't they? The government make it too easy for not working. So what's happened then? So if you've employed people, what sort of things have you experienced here? Well, in terms of nobody wants to get up at the crack of dawn, early hours of the morning, in the winter time, freezing cold weather. They're just not interested in that. There's a lot easier ways of probably earning the, earning their money other than doing this job. You know, being out in this sort of weathers. So. And what about foreigners? What would you say that, again, in your experience, that they work a lot harder than British people? Or, or is that just a stereotype which is wrong? 
no, I think they do work a lot harder because the value for money is a lot different in this country as it is in their country. So obviously, pound for pound, they're getting better value for money. If they work harder, they get better value than what if they were working hard in their own country. Because I could be wrong here, but, but, but just lastly, if you had the chance to employ a British worker or a foreign worker... Yeah. I'm convinced you want to employ locally, yeah. but you know in terms of value for money, you'd probably employ the foreigner, wouldn't you? Uh, not necessarily, no. I'd probably employ the British worker because I'm a British person and I believe in British is best, so mm. I'd employ the British person, providing they wanted to work. Obviously. But they're not, though, in your experience. They lasted, what, two or three weeks, some of them? Yeah, yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, because of the nature of the business or the because it's an outdoor job, they don't want to do an outdoor job. And like I say, there's, an e- there's easier ways of earning a living other than doing what we do. Yes, sir, you are up bright and early again this morning. Uh, you employ people. Um, what's your experience of, of British workers? Quite simply, are they lazy? Um, no, but it does depend on the generation. I've got a generation of grafters in that are probably my parents' age. Um, I've also got a new generation coming up at the moment, and it does seem to be a 50-50 split. Um, I've got lads and girls that come in um, to do our evening shifts for us. Some of us are absolutely like hard grafting from 6 till 10, and others we have to keep keep reinforcing the fact that they need to be working to get stuff done. Um, so there does seem to be between, like... The so, so what you're saying is that the older generation, they work hard, the younger generation can't be bothered? Uh, some of the younger generation can't. Some of the ger- younger generation honestly come in and it, sometimes it feels like we owe them a favour rather than them coming into work for us. But it is a definite 50-50 split between the guys that I've got in at the moment. Uh, Justin, excellent stuff. Thank you for that. Do you remember ages ago, Catherine? You probably don't because you don't always pay attention. We did a story about, um, uh, it was a, like a scheme in a small town or a village where all the local businesses were getting together and kind of giving work experience with the potential of jobs to, to young people. And they said, we had loads of, loads of the, um, the companies on, and they said that loads of British people, British young people, hadn't bothered turning up. They'd kind of got their names down and then they just didn't turn up or they were playing on their mobile phones. So even though it was an inn, it was a surefire inn, they still didn't turn up. Yeah, they they couldn't turn their mobile phone off when they're doing a job. We've had loads of uh, CVs in here um, in text speak. I mean, that's not trying very hard, is it? It would be great to work for you. Well, it it worked, Kelly. It did. Got me a job. Well done. Speaking of lazy people, it's Matt in Luton. Hello, Ian. Matt, you're never at work. (laughs) <laughs> I've done my bit, Ian. Yeah, well, yeah, all right, all right. Uh, yeah, you, you, you sat nice and comfortably, Matt. Uh, yes, I, I'm a bit plashy today. Oh, I was talk- I was listening to that lady who was on about her husband. With oh, the that was Jan. Jan talking about her husband Victor who had dementia. It, wasn't it? it wasn't it a sad story? Well, it was, and it brought it all back to me. You know, Ian, yeah. with Margaret. Uh, she's been gone ten months now. Oh, it's ten months, gosh. Yeah, ten months flown by, isn't it? Gosh, gosh. But the, the thing she... Uh, and I love the way she spoke about him. She had so much respect for him. Yeah. Still has. He's oh, she's still, still, she's still in love with, with him. Uh, yes, you know, still yes. in love with him. And, and the, it's the little things, Ian, that she was saying about people... They, they just don't seem to want to know you. Yeah. And she's so right, and it's very sad. I still go to the home where Margaret was, and I go really to see the people in there. I know quite a few patients, but to see the staff, what pressure they're under, 12 hours a day. The pressure they're under, and it's unbelievable. And that's what it all stems down from. 
taking the pressure off of the it's, staff. It's a, we, we both know this, Matt, and you know that I'm yeah. I, 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 you, honest. You it's, 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 it's a rotten it. job. It's a rotten job, and yeah. uh, you know we, we need more people doing that. Matt, I'm really sorry. But I said to her, I, the thing I've just got to say to her is she's got to being at home. She's got to go back to when he was fully fit and the, the little things they used to say to each other yeah. and music songs that they used to sing to the kids that's a great remedy Matt listen I've got to end it there these are all cracking suggestions I really appreciate your call and uh, gosh ten, 10 months since we lost Margaret hey blimey travel news for beds cards and bugs BBC Three Counties Radio in Longwick, Tame Road is partially is blocked in both directions between Walnut Tree Lane and Haddenham Road. That's because of an accident involving three vehicles there. In Amersham, the Amersham Road is cl- partially blocked in both directions because of an accident involving two vehicles at Cokes Lane. That's causing some queues to Stanley Hill at the moment. In Marlow, the A404 northbound's very heavy between the Marlow Junction and the M40 Junction 4 for the High Wycombe Handycross roundabout. Look at the M40 northbound, it's slow between uh, the Denham roundabout towards the M25. In Watford, Exchange Road is very heavy around Upton Road and there's no reports of any problems on the trains. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio. Samantha, you've been dead patient. I've, I've cut you short pretty much every time. I shall not do that tomorrow. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Just. Well done, Scoynes. We're back tomorrow at six. Until then, ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Tuesday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, is the Daily Mail right that British people are too 